Try to initiate release sequencer. On my mark. Five. We're on express elevator to hell. Going down. Two. One. Mark. <laughs> Me, DK. And me, Than. Super ish. Super ish. Well, Excited. I mean, you seem to be having, you seem to be ha having problems talking today. So, you know, that, that certainly bodes well for this next however long we're, we're streaming for. So, you know, that's cool. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be a doozy today. It's gonna to be a doozy today. We're talking about one uh, of at least fan uh, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. The chat is saying that there's no sound coming from 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 Stevo. Uh oh. Which is uh oh, which is weird. It does not bode well because um, both DK and I can hear him. Yeah. So hang on. <laughs> technical technical difficulties. Yeah, this is boding super well for for him today. Uh, this is this is this is all fucked. <laughs> He said he didn't have that much to say anyway. What's the big deal? We'll just uh, carry it from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, what he was saying was, welcome back to the resupply with him, guy next door, <laughs> me, DK. And me, and Fan. That other guy, and, Fan. And, and, and Ducky is saying it is all my fault that Steve-O can't be heard by everybody because, you know, it's true. I'm... I'm I'm actually, you know, here from the start of the show this time, as as opposed to, you know, coming in an hour ish plus late. Like it's like true. That's the, that's the problem. Yeah, no, that's it's fair. I mean, I I I'm I'm totally okay with being blamed for this. I mean it's it's not the first time. Certainly won't won't be the last. Um as you know, Steve works frantically on on settings to try to, you know, give him his voice back because while while I feel fairly certain that you know DK and I could probably carry this pod if we needed to and by me and DK I mean mostly DK um I you feel just like, there like pretty Steve I, I I don't know do we really just want to be looking at Steve without hearing him for, for however long we're on this for seems like a seems like a poor choice Let's see what he's happens he's yeah. checking his settings I think, He's I, think we're I think we're Are up. We there. Yeah, I can see it. It's spiking. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god damn it! It was so cheery the... too. I nailed that <laughs> intro. It, we'll do it live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck me. What the fuck? What the fuck did you fuck up, Steve? What did you fuck up, Steve? Right, this, 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 ugh, all fucking week is just driving me mental. It's, it's so many things. I turn one thing. I, I like change one thing to fix it. And this thing over here breaks. It's like, it's like you know, putting your holes into like the wall where the where the leaks are coming out. Just fucking new Whoa, ones springing up. So, <laughs> you know, glory holes. <laughs> right, plug the holes. We're gonna we're gonna like go right past that. <clears throat> um, yeah, are we though? Hey, everyone. we should we should get into it. We got a hell of a pod to do. <laughs> we do, we do. We got a lot of stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I guess like. The, the basis of this podcast we uh dk hit us up real early on and was like um hey i got an idea for the podcast i i, I watched the show on, on youtube i suppose um 
fingers in a dike at night owl good lord jeez um, al just can't stop with the, the homophobic commentary <laughs> i think he might actually get banned at one of these times. jesus christ um yeah so uh, we're, we're just plowing right through everything today no, just uh, ignore the chat i mean we don't have time for this. but i love the chat i love them so much <laughs> The chat is fantastic. Yellow cards relevant to say. Yellow cards for the L. The chat, the chat feeds our soul and really, you know, gives us a reason for being here besides just shooting the shit with each other. Yeah, exactly right. Well, so um, uh, there, there's a podcast on YouTube as where you sent me to watch it. Um, called the Rewatchables, um, and uh, they they do an excellent show. So you know like the good internet broadcasters we are we were like fuck yeah let's steal that idea so um mm -hmm. uh we've put it in a laser force centric environment um because that's you know relevant i suppose um to what we do yeah here. yeah but relevant ish relevant ish but we we figured like uh this this particular movie is obviously near and dear to you guys hearts uh and that movie of course is aliens um uh we did a, we did a um discord watch party last night and it was actually really cool um except you know certain victorians wouldn't shut up in in the movie theater so yeah <laughs> <laughs> fucking victorians <laughs> don't know when to behave themselves um yeah so we we watched uh we watched aliens last night over discord uh in preparation for this podcast <laughs> um and uh yeah so we're gonna we're gonna do our take on the rewatchables uh, do you have uh a link by any chance to their site dk or not no but it is it is the ringer.com is the network that runs the rewatchables and it's a site that was basically curated primarily for my interest it seems because they talk mostly about sports and pop culture yeah. and movies and just shooting the shit with each other so um, it's kind of right up my alley thanks uh thanks titch for the the follow appreciate it it's awfully hey. nice um and shockingly smolly says that they're drunk they're drunk yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, clearly you guys went back into the drinking game <laughs> when it was a more appropriate time <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be an episode of the resupply if somebody wasn't drunk, whether it was one of our hosts or one of our viewers. <laughs> uh, Today, though, it is definitely the viewers because DK doesn't have any fireball. I am not buzzed, and Steve O is Steve O. I'm high on. It might have made my work meetings more entertaining if I would have had some fireball <laughs> for the ship. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, I mean, it's is there ever a a work meeting that couldn't be made more entertaining by the even moderate distribution of of alcohol. getting laid off <laughs> mass layoffs <laughs> i don't know the alcohol might soften the blow at that point. i don't think so i think that's uh it's like you know matched to a bottle of kerosene type <laughs> interesting Ooh, <blimey. laughs> um yeah okay fine all right well so uh hopefully everyone's sort of uh, up to date with how the movie goes um yeah if you like for, me... for people, people who don't know i can do a quick recap <laughs> yes Yes, lay it on us. Let's get let's get yeah. into this because there's a lot to cover, and I don't want to be here for four hours. Just say D and D. Too bad you're running this shit. Fuck. <laughs> All right, for the people that don't oh, know, no. the movie came out in 1986, seven years after the original Alien film. 
Elwin Ripley, the lone survivor of the Nostromo, gets picked up by a salvage squad after being in cryosleep for 57 years. When she gets back to Earth, she discovers terrible things. Her employer gaslights her and blames her for blowing up a ship. <laughs> Humans have gone back to the planet with aliens. And if you watch the true extended edition, her daughter has lived an entire life and died of cancer and poor Ripley missed all of it. Which we Of course, did. the human colony on planet LV-426 mysteriously goes out of contact, of course. So it's up to Ripley and a group of badass space marines to go find out what happened. Along the way, she deals with her racism toward robots, her PTSD with the aliens, discovers human corporations are the real monsters, and finds a surrogate daughter in the survivor Newt from the colony. The Marines prove sadly unequal to the task and get their asses kicked by the aliens. So it's up to Ripley and Corporal Hicks to get the few survivors off the planet and Ripley gets to fight the huge alien queen in a big mech suit at the end of the film. Quick recap of the movie right there. So um, just as a, as a side oh. note, if somebody well could done. buy the domain imdk.com, that would be pretty excellent because uh, <laughs> you, my friend, you, my friend, need to be doing some sort of database um <laughs> <laughs> right so uh Not sure compliment. <laughs> it absolutely is that was highly entertaining um do we do you want to go through the um the category categories that we uh, are going to talk about or we yeah just... so we'll well i think we'll just get into the categories kind of one at a time so we have about 12 different categories to go into we probably could do a little bit more a little bit less but there yeah. are 12 we're going to go for this one um just as kind of a lead off <laughs> things that we could say about aliens in my opinion easily like a top five action film of all time it, it just yeah. rattling off the top of my head so die hard terminator 2 mm. raiders of the lost ark aliens not a thing about the fifth one but i feel like that's a pretty unassailable top four it's pretty good uh i would i would give demolition man an honorable mention and maybe Ooh. Like, if, you're talking, if you're talking like those those like 80s and 90s action films um, i mean that was kind of the golden age yeah. of the high shock high octane action films i guess yeah um, now and this has got jason statham in it like steer clear of anything with john cena or uh you know john cena <laughs> <laughs> yeah but would you ever see him would i ever see him I, nah, I got that never, reference. Nah. Never mind. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible <laughs> right reference. Right over man's head. Uh, right over man's head. Even this though this going to be such a long three hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, hang on, hang on, hang, hang on. We, we have to pause. Um, so, chin chin chat going. So, I hear you guys in, in New Zealand are our best force players. That's you wrong. Right. You heard right. Absolutely um, correct. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. That's completely wrong. Well, so, no, we win by default because nobody else is playing. <laughs> uh, except Brisbane, but, you know. Except Brisbane, yeah. Their okay. best players are Kiwi, so who cares? <laughs> um, you make a valid point. Oh, you've never seen Demolition Man, Shawnee? We absolutely need to do a watch party for that because that movie, mm. oh, I'll watch that over and over again. I love that it. might be in a future edition of the Rewatchables. I don't well, know if The Ringer's already done that. I should go search for it. We talked about doing uh, Highlander last night. Uh, mm -hmm. on a future one and um possibly also laser force related yeah, yeah. and uh, what was the other one um uh predator or possibly. running running man i can't remember i think it was both even um yeah. we talked about maybe doing 
<laughs> oh, oh, that's not nice. <laughs> we talked about <laughs> we talked about doing like maybe a fortnightly or a monthly um, Discord watch party where you just gather and like watch movies with each other because people aren't up to much at the moment. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice to hang out and and shoot the shit. And if you if you get frustrated by you know certain loud people talking into the mic, you can always turn them down in Discord. It's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um you jerks do we want to uh oh sorry I, I sort of cut you off i'm good like that um um well at least you're from my perspective. Yeah. <laughs> so i saw this movie the first time i think i was 10 or 11 probably not appropriate for that age but that's okay <laughs> but immediately it was like my favorite movie yeah. It's people just blasting the shit out of monsters for basically a solid 90 minutes. Yeah. How could an 11-year-old boy not love that? And What's... the very first time that I played Laser Force, I was 12, I think. Mm. And I heard the Let's Rock and Game Over, man. The sound files. I was hooked. I was in it for the long haul. Fuck it. It's got the sounds of my favorite movie. Yeah. I don't have to recharge like fucking cues are. I get rapid fire. I'm in kids, so I can also credit to some extent my 23-year relationship with Laser Force to the influence of this film. So yeah. it's always very important for that reason. So, so one, so it's funny you mentioned the the sound files, and obviously the sound files in Laser Force are, are a huge part of the whole the whole experience. Um, but what are what what are newer players? And by newer, I mean anybody that's only started playing in the last like 10 years. Um, that counts as newer, right? Um, what they, what they, what they, what they wouldn't know is that the the original software that was distributed for Laser Force to to the U.S. used nothing but re-recorded sounds from aliens. So whereas you know now you're used to you used to basically hearing, oh yeah, we just we just ripped the wave files and put them in and you're, yeah no they were re-recorded um terribly um <laughs> well, basically, it, first. Uh, it was it, it was it was so not good um but probably to avoid being sued and also in the original um versions of software that were sent to to, to the states there was no seven second nuke Seven second nuke did not exist in the um, U.S. software because the sound Those were file didn't. Were better the sound file didn't didn't exist, and the and the only reason that I I mention this is because it fucked me so hard the first time I went to Australia to play in '99 um, was playing Masters through a nuke and heard a different sound file that was still just counting four seconds because it's four seconds. And then you know, stepped out to shoot people and got shot, and my nuke got can. I was like, <laughs> "This is terrible." Um, so it's true. Seven second nukes are terrible, and they're the devil, and they should be fucking banned from. <laughs> no the way, man! I love it, <laughs> love it. <clears throat> All right. Uh, was there any more uh, prologue? Prologue? I don't know. You got anything to say, Steve? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I too liked aliens. <laughs> uh, actually, um, what I find like, and it, you know, obviously it's like well documented, but how starkly different aliens is to alien. Um, yeah. Ali yes. Alien. I remember watching that again. I must have been 
maybe seven or eight and uh we i had a i had a sleepover it was like five or six of us and uh we got alien out and um i remember i couldn't watch it like i had to leave the room for it scared the <laughs> shit out of me and my friends hung so much shit on me because of it um but you know right so scary movies are scary movies until you rewatch them as adults and you realize that like scary like rubber suit man isn't actually that scary um i don't know man i think it's still pretty freaky oh i don't know like, we'll that's... get there though i've got something i, got like, more I would say arguably there. this is one of the few examples where at least to me the sequel is better than the original but this one almost doesn't count because i feel like alien and aliens are basically so two different genres different. yeah yeah alien yeah. is a sci-fi horror it's like a body horror thriller yeah and aliens is a pure action flick yeah yeah so and i think that's kind of why i like this one better than the first not only that but obviously the amount of uh space marines references in there <laughs> um, exactly. that's what they are they're space marines references yeah they're not aliens space marines references. Reference aliens. yeah <laughs> it's the other way around um but yeah i i, I dig it i i like it uh clearly not as much as you two because you both were just like oh yeah i could recite that movie from heart and i was like have <laughs> I, I used seen... to be able to <laughs> have i seen this movie <laughs> i'm pretty sure i have um all right well um uh let's let's get into the first category shall we let's get into the categories yeah. category one most rewatchable scenes so ton to choose from in this movie basically I mean, this category if you're flipping through the channels at your house and this movie comes on what scene are you gonna watch or it's like oh almost to this scene i definitely need to keep watching even though you've seen the movie a hundred times like i have but you're not I, gonna turn it off yeah i mean really the the, the answer to to this question is yes yeah <laughs> yeah i mean, I mean if, if you want to put not too fine a point on it like there, there's pretty much there's pretty much not a scene in here that's that's bad i mean it's it's such a well-crafted movie yeah but 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 if you're going to at least at least at least for me it's it's pretty much all the all the um all the fight scene set pieces you know your your first you know marines versus aliens sequence when they're going under the heat exchanger to find the colonists and shit goes real bad real quick um you know that's that that's just like okay yeah that's shit's shit's super bad the the you know a aliens attacking you know the 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 um, op center yep shit's bad and it's but it's but it's it's such a well-crafted scene mm. you know lighting wise action wise you know all, all all of that and then and then i mean how can you really go go wrong with you know the the two you know ripley hero scenes at the end you know her descending into the heat exchanger to rescue newt and then you know bitch queen battle back on the nostromo like 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 and it's all, all uh, of those uh, uh, so well done it, uh, party foul number one got the name of the ship wrong it's not the nostromo the nostromo was the ship in the oh, first one Salako, it's a Salako. Oh. <laughs> brilliant <laughs> cool. Oops. yeah those four are definitely on my list if we count the two uh kind of ripley versus the queen scenes as two separate scenes other one i'm really um partial to the dropship prep and the drop sequence scene like that one always gets me jazzed up because it makes me think about getting ready for lasers so yeah i'm like 
Yeah. Even though we get the like the long intro for Space Marines, like I could just listen to that whole scene as I'm getting ready for a game, but that would probably get old after a while. Um, I mean, even the 15 second gets old after a while. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, fuck, I need to go. I've got here, because um, uh, you've referenced it, I've got here, I called it the elevator suit up scene, um, which is, yeah, basically suiting up to go battle um as she descends in the elevator that shit's really fucking cool man yeah yes okay uh, roll that like fucking like anytime you're taping a fucking machine gun to a flamethrower and like a grenade launcher that's just cool like yeah. who doesn't want to tape two together and just start blasting shit i i have that in one of the other categories um mm -hmm. uh pretty much for me like the the standout um the stand i i, I chose four like four specific ones the elevator scene was one of them um i say we take off and nuke the entire one, site from orbit that one's for you smolly thanks for thanks for redeeming drop a nuke <laughs> 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 it just took me a little while to set it up because i don't want to break anything um <laughs> the the i think the first like the first jump out scene for me was the first battle scene um specifically when like ripley's driving the car um because how could you not like see you that whole scene like the build up and you know um uh like how flat and rad that car th tank thing looks people mover i don't know soccer van yeah so yeah i mean so so fun that was actually a um it's, a, it's basically w w one of those tugs that they use to um move planes um at oh, airports yeah 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 yeah, so that's so so that's that's why it has the shape that, that it does, and it was so heavy that they had to do like they had to do some shit with the the floor in the studio so that it wouldn't actually destroy the floor. So you know, random random bits of trivia um, for your. Of which day. there will be much. Yeah. Of which yeah. there will be much. Yes. We're, we're, we're stepping on half-ass internet research there, but that's yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll yeah. just toss it in whatever it's applicable. I think my <laughs> my favorite like rewatchable scene though, the like the one that's absolutely if i saw it i would be like yeah okay i gotta stop and watch this whole scene is the mid-bay face hugger scene um mm. okay because that whole scene it's like you know so much tension and like it does the reveal with um with burke um being a real piece of shit and like you know like just how creepy the face huggers looked like all of that stuff is awesome. Yep. Mm. What do you That's got? That's another good scene. What do you got, DK? Surely you got like four pages written on this. No, no, I would try to keep it to five scenes, and four of them I think Than basically already mentioned. So I had the dropship prep and drop sequence, the first incursion, all the way through the dropship crash, which includes, you know, Ripley driving the APC and all mm -hmm. that. The attack on ops slash the escape to the landing pad when, is that when they you know most, most everybody else dies what's that is that when they're coming through the roof yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i had that yeah. as well yeah yeah ripley rescuing newton meeting the queen like honestly the probably i think the coolest scene in the movie is right after she gets newt and stumbles into the queen's nest and just sees like all the eggs around and you just hear like the heavy breathing yeah in the back it's just like such a like spine tingling type just scene and sensation. Me of like, like Night Owl with the sleep app machine. 
Okay. Well, and and then and then with the you know with her stepping in into you know Queen's Nest and there's and there's all all the the, the eggs and um you know she 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 looks the queen off and the queen like you know backs backs to a, backs you know her henchmen essentially off and then you know there's the one like trying to sneak and then Ripley just just gives her that look like really are you head fucking tilt. kidding head, head to really and then flames the eggs and it's like yep. That, but that, yeah, that's, that's, actually, that's actually a, a pretty a, a pretty cool little moment scene as well for sure. I got it's a badass out. like confrontation too because it shows you the alien queen is like not a villain to fuck with because Hudson goes into this whole thing about well how do they know to cut the power they're animals man but it's like clearly the alien queen understands so she knows what guns are because she's like oh shit Ripley's got a flamethrower so it can actually like signal the guards to back off and like oh shit we're dealing with something serious now. Yeah. Um. Uh, no, it's gone. It's gone. Don't worry about it. it wasn't that important? <laughs> I'll come back. I'll I'll got, I got distracted by the yellow cards. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, actually, I remember what it was. So in those scenes, so normally when you're watching a movie, you watch it uh, with reasonably good sound, but coming out of like TV or you know surround sound or whatever you got. Um, I'd never watched it with headphones before. My headphones are not too bad. And the, the, like, the, like, the sounds that the eggs make when they open up is just like, like the worst kind of ASMR that you could think of. It's (laughs) it's so awful. It's like stirring mac and cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, and I mean, now we'll cover, we'll, we'll cover that a little bit later. So we should just probably move on to the next. Right. Next category. Let's go to category yeah. two. All right. Category two, best quotes. There's All right. So, like almost too many in a list, but basically any of the sound clips from SM5. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 so here's the thing. I think, I think for, for purposes of this, we need to just any quotes that are not the sound files, yeah. because I think we can all, you know, we, we can all basically say, yep all the sound file sounds are fucking awesome and every time you hear them when the movie's playing you're like yeah yeah well every yeah. time they play last night we just yell drink yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 let's just you know let, let's skip past all, all those because Wait, before we go past them before we go past them what do you what uh-huh. is your favorite space marines quote do you have a favorite one you have to think of that. Like I, well, I just went in, and I tried to do this before I watched the film, and I got most of them. But I've counted at least twenty-one, twenty-two, if you count the various kind of small arms fire yeah. sound effects that are used for SM5. But I think there's twenty-one different sound files that are ripped. The one that I think a lot of people forget is um, right after Hicks sees the xenomorphs in the ceiling ducts, and they falls back. Does that? Ah! That like that's a common one for people getting shot in space range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that one's yep. on there. Um, a couple that aren't used in SM five. They're actually only used in SM four. The two go to infrared people, and yep. maybe they don't show up in infrared at all. Those are yep. only used for SM four stealth. Um, some other ones I would just mention, just because you wouldn't know them necessarily unless you saw the director's cut, are that. Hudson yep. tossing in the um, the canisters to test the auto turrets when he says, do it! Yeah. Yep. Um, Love that. And, 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 and standby arming now is... Yep, also, also the sentry guns, yep. Sentry guns. Um, 
I think those are the main ones that I wanted to mention. Yeah. Have you got a favorite? I don't know. It's tough. I did one. I wish that we actually had. So I guess we can get into this. I wish that we had Hicks saying it's a bug hunt. As a sound effect, I wish that would be a sound file we could use when there's only one person on the opposing team remaining. Oh, so, that's a great that, idea. You know, get on that. When there's only one, it's, just here, it's a bug hunt. That would be, that'd be super helpful in game too. Um, yeah, yeah, it'd be super helpful and super terrible all at the same time, depending upon which side of that you're on. Yeah, harshly, uh, this one is racist. <laughs> oh, Russ. Um, well, yeah, because there was conversation about that because they don't use the actual sound file of uh, Frost saying it, right? What the hell are we supposed to use, man? Harsh language? Do they not? Like, they actually have that. I think That's at one point, they have one version where it's re-recorded. Yeah. They have one version where it's re-recorded. I think they do have the original sound file also. But right. yeah, that was discussed earlier. Um, so I think I think as far as my my favorite sound, sound file that's, you know, quote, from um it's 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 gotta be the you know um every formation of parade i love the core sequence the glorious day in the core i mean it's just it's just it's just so it's just so good and then and and knowing that the the actor who who played that character was an actual you know sergeant in vietnam like that he he actually was that that'd be al matthews Al Matthews, hey, there you go. See, we're going to reference be... the proper actors. See, you're yeah, in it now, Steve. You're getting into the you're spirit. In there. Uh, that's, the, that, that's one of three that I think I wrote down. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, so, we'll test that. So, so yeah, I think, I, I think that's, I think that's my, my favorite of, of the ones that are included. Yeah. And obviously, some other ones that are not. But um, what, what are you guys' favorites? That, that was my favorite. That's absolutely okay. my favorite because that, that jacks me up every time. I think I'm gonna have to go with a Hudson line, and not the famous one, not the Get most over, famous man. one. I think I think my favorite of his is, "Hey, maybe you've been keeping up on current events. We just got our asses kicked, pal." <laughs> and that was a right. um, that was a relatively recent. That was a relatively recent edition, yeah. Because mm. I remember specifically, I had. It might have not been until like 2014, because I seem to recall telling fan about it when i went to a tournament or i got a software update i told him about it and he was and you just said that's fantastic i'm glad they added that <laughs> i don't remember when exactly it was but yeah it was a relatively on the scale of things recent edition yeah. for the elimination sound because back in the day we didn't even used to have auto no, you, elimination you had to finish had out to the game yeah. yeah or you had to manually end it which cost us a lot of games being recorded yeah because they never yes, yeah so so if I'm so if I'm going, you know, I've got I've got three favorite quotes that are not, you know, game game files. Yeah. Um Glader just pulled yeah. one in, in chat, the get get away from her, you get bitch. Get away from her, you yep. bitch. <laughs> yeah, like that that I, one I had that in my notes for, for later. There has yeah. never been anybody who has said the word bitch better than Scarlet <laughs> Weaver says that no. No, so so there so there's that. Um, there, there there's Hicks at the e end of the um, the initial contact with, with the aliens when they're trying to get back into the APC after they've gotten wrecked. Marines, we are leaving. <laughs> like that that line's fantastic. And um, Ripley in the um, the gaslighting meeting. 
Did IQ suddenly drop while I was away? <laughs> That's such a fan line, too. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I can picture Stan saying that at yeah, some yeah. meeting with Verizon execs. <laughs> yeah, you come back after, I... like, months of being in lockdown. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I've come very close a couple of times on, on certain calls with certain um, senior managers and, and directors. I've come closer than I want to admit to Do dropping us a favor, that line, if you ever sure. If you ever going to cross that line make sure you live stream that shit <laughs> yeah because i'll be getting called into i'll be getting a call from hr very shortly thereafter i'm sure <laughs> yeah. um another one i'm partial to is uh newt saying ripley she doesn't have bad dreams because she's just a piece of plastic <laughs> <laughs> like it's such a good slap down but it's delivered so innocently well, she like, does it like, like a few times too yeah, she's like, I'm a kid, but I watched my parents get fucking killed by monsters. I'm yeah. not fucking stupid. Yeah, she's like, that damn, what do you want me to say? Oh, I can't remember the exact line, but yeah, yeah. it's pretty fucking funny. They're dead, all right? Can I go now? Yeah, that's the one. Brilliant. That's why you guys are here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I had, uh, <laughs> as, as sort of popularized by South Park, uh, they mostly come at night. Mostly. <laughs> love it <laughs> it's so weird such a weird line um, yeah two two other lines that are used in media not space marines related also from pharaoh the dropship pilot uh we're in the pipe five by five and we're in for some chop are both used as dropship sound effect units in the original starcraft yeah so people were referencing yeah. that last night mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's accurate mm, you have just like steal whatever you want back in the day it was glorious well i mean they didn't use the actual sound files i mean how much can you really copyright <laughs> it could have been anyone um <laughs> all right any other ones i think that i think that's a a pretty fair representation of of the whole thing appropriation like we can... <laughs> um, the good list of quotes like I don't, you know, at every '80s action movie has to have like some kind of cheesy line that everybody cool off <laughs> all the time. Um, like, I guess the closest to that is probably "Get away from her, you bitch." <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like cheesy action flick line, but it's so amazing. If, in if the you moment. ever wanted to see like somebody uh, capitalize and bold um, their speech, there's the B and bitch. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, number three. Number three, what age the best? So overall for me, um, what what's age the best? I mean, basically two, two, two things. Honestly, the, the special effects, even though there are a couple things now where if you watch it on, you know, a, a, a you know, high definition, big screen TV, you can go, eh, yeah, that, that wasn't so great. But overall, for the mid 80s, special effects. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the Knowing that this film was, this film was filmed. Fuck. Um, knowing that it was filmed in literally like 1985, mm. basically, and taking that into account, like the special effects in general hold up really, really well. Yeah. And I mean, that's that that's always the that, that's always the practical advantage of actually of using practical effects, which obviously that was what they had. Yeah. Um. So so a lot of the stuff holds up now. It, Part of the reason it does hold up so well is because it is because the lighting and and um, 
and set dressing and and the audio what was so well well done on it. And I say the audio in combination with the special effects because it's it's so good that it does help you uh, yeah the practicality of of mostly using practical effects. Thanks, Al. You're right. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, but the, but <laughs> he's not wrong. Um, but because because the 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 sound the sounds are so well designed and so and so well applied within the scenes, it also kind of gets you out of off the, and gets you the entire suspension of, of disbelief that you need to have in order for the effects to really, really shine. So it all it all plays together so well that you know it just it it just makes that stuff hold up. Mm. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with uh the strong badass female lead has has absolutely aged the best. Cause like Ripley in this film is awesome. <laughs> she's like yes yeah. yeah i had i had that as well like for this film girl power is way ahead of its time oh way ahead. so not not just ripley but all vasquez. the most badass characters are in the film are women yeah ripley vasquez newt um do we count the alien queen i mean yeah i think i think yes queen <laughs> yes queen yes queen uh, have to. yeah there's so much girl power in this 1986 film that if it were made today, I'm sure like the internet assholes at the red pill would be whining about pandering and forced diversity if it were made now. <laughs> but but like it's, it doesn't. So it's, it's not. It's like not done in an over the top kind of way. It's done right. Like it's just like yeah. Like she's just a badass. It, she doesn't like, and she's she shows like uh, a great amount of like um, compassion and stuff in the scenes with Newt where she's like, uh, you know trying to be compassionate in fact in some instances she's like too compassionate and newt kind of smacks it down for it um but yeah there's there's no there's no real like glaring instances where she's um you know she's not strong like e even at like you know in some of those instances where she's getting like you know i suppose overwhelmed um yeah she's she's like motherly in every sense of the word she wants to take care of newt and she can be very nurturing but then it's like when newt's in danger she goes full mama bear yeah like like i don't care how many fucking aliens i gotta kill i'm gonna save this kid yeah um that's so why yeah I... it's that's like oddly progressive for a reagan era military <laughs> flick where uber masculine men like dominate the <laughs> landscape for most of the 80s yeah um, Anything else, Steve? Yeah, I got I got two quick ones. Uh, the first is duct taping two guns together. Um, that's most definitely aged the best. That was awesome, uh, and I like how like flimsy it is, but like it still kind of <laughs> works. Um, and uh, duct tape, man. That's fine. <laughs> and like, sorry, gaffer tape, gaffer tape, ducky, gaffer tape. No, um, duct tape. Yeah, duct tape. And uh, the second is Ripley's badass Rebox. Like those are <laughs> those now sneaky heads would be like fuck yeah I want some of those Reeboks those fuck cool. yeah I want those Reeboks yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> R.I.P. Reeboks because uh, she lost one out the out the uh, airlock at the end airlock at the end maybe, maybe quite spoilers oh well, yeah yeah sure. look if you haven't watched this I, movie <laughs> you should have watched the movie own, I can honestly I didn't uh, think yeah. about her lost shoe so that that's a great pick up there Steve yeah I've got uh, a couple other one yeah. I would say uh, what age the best would be 
corporate malfeasance and putting profits over human lives <laughs> as relevant oh, now as it was then yeah oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so sad that that's that that's one of the things that's aged the best but you're not wrong yeah you're in no way shape or form wrong about that <laughs> wayland yutani basically where amazon is heading in the 22nd century <laughs> Bezos is like, hey, yeah, you guys need to go out to that ship and take a look. Like, Fuck you, Bezos. <laughs> oh, shit. Actually, Amazon owns Twitch, I think. <laughs> they totally do. <laughs> take that, business daddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's Russ's new nickname. Um... <laughs> oh, you broke Dan. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any other okay. ones? No, I mostly have those two. Girl power and corporate malfeasance. Yeah. Definitely uh, things from the 80s that are still with us. Ben, did you have a sicker one? No, I was I was I was, I, I was fo focused more on the more on the effects and not the big um, you know, overall ar arcing thingies because I knew DK was going to take care of those. Yeah, yeah. That, that <laughs> yeah. moment Steve realized he made a terrible mistake is that when I like badmouth Twitch's overlord. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz I was joking. I was joking, Twitch. <laughs> um, all right, number four. Number four. What is the worst? Forty-two uh, million for a for, for a large spaceship. That was the price that was quoted for blowing up the 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 um, Nostromo. Forty-two million. Really? <laughs> yes, that's that, that, that's one of the things I I keep I keep hey, it on. We don't know what material yeah. science is like in the 22nd century, whenever it is. Maybe things are actually way cheaper than yeah. they used to be. Like, you never used to be able to get, uh, you know, a new computer used to cost like thousands of dollars and you can get a laptop for a couple hundred. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and he even just put, put in chat every computer screen. Yeah. He's not wrong. Um, <laughs> still been in the mic. Yeah. <laughs> Hicks, Hicks is still running the fucking auto turrets off of DOS. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the, I gotta fuck the, out. <laughs> the fair point the, the picture that they showed for ripley's daughter just how pixelated that was <laughs> i was like that was clearly just sigourney weaver with like a fix yeah it's like it was like oh yeah no that 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 particular special effect yeah that that didn't work well at all now and yet and yet that probably cost a ridiculous amount of money to to do at the time yeah potentially so <laughs> shawnee put have you ever been mistaken for a man i assume like assuming <laughs> people's genders is where you're going with that one <laughs> yeah i had that one in there <laughs> there uh, was that one and hudson being racist to vasquez in their first scene together not a great look yeah. uh more on that in a later category <laughs> yeah. i'd uh, say parallel to that like casting Jeanette Goldstein as a Latina character. I'm not sure that flies in 2020. Wait, well, apparently she, Yeah. Is she not? Although, uh, she, apparently she is part Brazilian, so maybe, but she's mostly white. But we'll, I'm going to get more into uh, Jeanette Goldstein later because she Did definitely make an appearance in another category. No, but they added some bronzer, for sure. They dyed her hair, they gave her dark contacts. Uh, they, yeah, they, they Latinized her a little bit. Hey, Mira, who is that white chick? <laughs> Nailed it. Oof, that was horrific. Um, don't ever do that again. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna sidestep that one. Uh, I have, um, uh, how many times Hudson says, check it out in that one monologue? 
because like <laughs> oh yeah you've already captured the room mate you don't need to keep asking them to check it out they're already checking it out that really bugged me actually um that one also i believe got cut from the theatrical release oh, that is. one is yeah that one is the one where you're talking about check it out ripley us badass marines are gonna protect you we got yeah. nukes we got knives we got sharp sticks <laughs> i like that scene except for check it out because this is like three or four times um so, so that one uh the movement trackers never i never like them because they don't make any sense how can you track movement linear when we don't live linear <laughs> that really bugs it's... the shit out of me uh, okay i'll agree with that but the sound of the movement tracker so though, good that is so good so like good. that just that raises the tension in scenes definitely yeah. it dials it up to 11 um, but I don't, go up to 11. I don't like the actual readout and it's the same sort of readout for most like tracking devices where they have the like blip in the circles i'm like there's no reference points or anything like this is dumb you can't well you're just... not reading it right yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's why i get lost google maps and me don't already get along <laughs> uh, i can't be it inside the room <laughs> rubber suit aliens um it will forever bug the shit out of me it's not so bad in this one but there are a couple of times where they do the this and that kind of uh, irks me a little um but mm. what might be a little controversial is the final boss fight for me um because it's not really that action-packed if you watch it it's shorter than you would think on a rewatch it was it did not have as much like depth or or length to it but Blimey. not even no, <laughs> not even that but like just that they they spend a lot of time slow-mo maneuvering and they don't mm -hmm. actually fight that much she grabs she grabs the queen a couple times but it's all very non it's all oh, it bugs me that like in some in some cases the queen is really like maneuverable and in other scenes she, that she's slow as shit so yeah it's that's that's my. I mean, to be fair, she is used to just like <coughs> sitting around twenty three hours a day and just laying eggs until this bitch just comes in her house and starts killing all her kids, and she's yep. like, "Fuck, now I gotta go deal with this." But when she was playing whack a mole with Newt in the grates, like she was like super quick as like ripping the ripping the things up and like trying to grab her. So I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. Can, if it was a pay per view, you'd feel like you were cheated because the fight only went like a round and a half yeah much like when i play boxing on xbox it's just it's not <laughs> it's not very good um did you guys have any other ones no that was reasonable yeah again but yeah i think uh mine were mostly cultural so yeah <laughs> assuming somebody's gender and making jokes about their immigration status <laughs> yeah yeah that's fair <laughs> all right number five all right, category five. This is the Michael Brandt heat check performance for the actor who wasn't in a lot of scenes. It's kind of a no-show for big parts of the movie, but then they put up big numbers despite obvious limitations. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, Michael Brandt, a.k.a. Beans. Beans from Syracuse. There's going to be a couple of words that are named after laser tag people. Um, Including the next one, yeah. I it's a tough I, category. It's yeah, tough category because a lot of people get a fair amount of screen time, so it's hard to decide who who really had a, like a heat check with a limited time. I had um, I'm gonna put Al Matthews, because uh, uh, aka Sergeant Apone, um, yeah, because he was like 
he killed it in every single scene that he was in um and then he died it, oh spoilers no um yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and then because but he's actually he's in like maybe i don't know close to Not half the, close to half the film to be fair but like but there isn't anyone that that doesn't get much screen time that does any good you know what i mean like any of the minor bit characters were just that so that that's kind of where i i sort of and he establishes that he's a badass but he never actually fires a weapon in the entire film <laughs> really yeah he, he gets taken out before he fires a single shot he chews the it's shit just out him of it's just cigar. him on the radio going like what what'd you say gorman <laughs> what <laughs> I like, hold your fire god damn it i like how they tackle that because a lot of the time the trope is like static gets in the way but for him it was like a legit concern people were firing weapons so he like couldn't hear properly and i thought that was uh tackled a lot better than the than the stereotypical trope of uh, what the like the whole movie there's been no static in the the comms and now when you really need some important information there's static like yeah Russ, Russ in chat has put um, the correct answer is the alien queen. Is the... Uh, I mean, it, that's not a bad point. Some good heat check right there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, she, I, mean I, I, think, I think he's got a really good point. I mean, she, she's only actually in about 10-ish minutes of, of the movie. I mean, yeah. but, her, but her presence is, is consistently felt because, I mean, she had children and her children are fucking your shit up. Um, so, you know, I think, I think, I think Russ may, makes a really solid point there. And I don't know that I can necessarily argue against it. Mm. Yeah. I think that probably beats my pick. Yeah. It's, this one's hard and I kind of cheated a little bit and I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking, Vasquez kind of because Vasquez is a major character in the film, but she actually doesn't have that many lines. I was going through yeah. how many lines that she has in the film. It's not that many. It's it's fewer than twenty, I think, that she actually has in the entire film. But she's just crushing it in every scene. She has a lot like, of screen time, but she has a lot of screen lot of, time. Yeah, not a lot of lines. Um, yeah, but Vasquez, you're mistaken for a man. No, have you? <laughs> Boom. Just a good one. Savage. Yeah, just having had your last your last words in the universe being you always were an asshole, Gorman. Like <laughs> I hope my last words can be as iconic as that. <laughs> you always then, were an asshole, beans. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> well, I mean, that's certainly accurate. And then and then we've got we we have another um you know another comment from from the peanut gallery about um Bishop yeah being be, being solid for for this award. Why is it a hard category? Yeah, again, he, like, he... So they all kind of had the same amount of screen time as each other. Um, and they were all pretty fantastic with the time that they got in the movie, which is not huge. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I, I'm going to have to stay with Apon because I thought, like, every scene he was in, you just like, fuck yeah. Um, i never seen anyone chew a cigar like that, like, ever. <laughs> it's like, again, another, like terrible asmr moment is just him like (laughs) (laughs) yuck it's totally fair yeah Uh, i think out of that list probably the alien queen i'm gonna have to agree with russ on that one that does seem like kind of the obvious answer yeah uh just to go back to the bishop 
pick. That isn't a terrible pick. And I do like, there is kind of that moment in the middle of the <laughs> film where Bishop is dissecting the face huggers. And there's like just that subtle camera twist where it's Bishop, do you need anything else? Hello, Bishop. And he's like, no. no. Yeah. And you get that. You're like, you're like, oh, fuck. He's going to turn on him too. Yeah. It's fucking Bilbo all over again. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um yeah that that's quite that's pretty good writing um yeah i mean it was it was and and it was it was such a good echo from alien i mean because by by and large if you went and saw aliens you'd probably seen the first one more than likely yeah so 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 just having that 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 echoed callback and and just letting your mind race, like, oh yeah, he's totally gonna fuck him. He's totally, he's, but then, but, but then, yeah, ha- having that twist of, no, no, we're not gonna do the obvious thing. We're gonna actually, you know, make him the, the protector that he said he was, that his programming was going to be. I like how you um, said, uh, going to see this film as if we went and saw it in the cinemas. <laughs> 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 not all of us got to experience that fan um some of us were going to be birthed into the world the following year um <laughs> well that seems like poor timing on your part true should have thought about in it in theory i could have in theory i could have been carried into the theater to go see this but i'm <laughs> i'm fairly certain a that my dad happen. did go to see this in the theaters and <laughs> B I'm quite certain if he took me to see it, he would have ended up divorced. So I'm pretty sure I didn't see it three years later. <laughs> Why is the floor sticky? Um, <laughs> butter popcorn. Um, all right. So do we, do we got number, number six? We're on, yeah, we're on six. So number six is the Matthew Hogan overacting award. <laughs> For the uh, actor who dialed it up to a hundred and went a bit over the top, Maddie Hogan is. <laughs> That's Ty Pan. Yes, it is. Our best overactor. It, it was almost the Marcus Sharman overacting award, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> but not everybody had the same experience with Spoonie in 2011. So Kodama did, where he got <laughs> Kodama. That's all we are on the resupply is, is jokes about Than being old. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, or you know, by association, Trad being old or Al being old, or at a push ducky being old. Just because we he's would here. lose probably a third of our content if we didn't <laughs> have some ages. Well, yeah, we're going back true. to the well. Um, I mean, this so like this one isn't a contest. It's it's, it's Bill Paxton, right? obviously Bill Paxton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not even not even a no. Nobody else is you know doing that level of overacting in quotes but it's but it's but it's so perfect it's like so sometimes you're watching a movie and somebody and somebody's overacting and you're like really the fuck are you doing what the absolute fuck yeah go baxton's doing this and he's doing all shit and you're like yes please this is is, is ideal yeah now i think i think he gets away with it um because of you know the cast that's that's around him you know there, there's not there, there's not a bunch of people trying to do this the, the scene chewing that that he is mm. there's there he's chewing there, on that a, scenery more than al matthews is chewing on that fucking cigar <laughs> you're not wrong but but you know you've got you've got um michael B, michael being as 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 hicks as this very as this ca- ca- counterbalance calming presence 
so so you cut so, so, so you have this nice you know yin yang balance because they're in so many scenes together so you know bill paxton's going off Copian's not nice and calm and you can get away with having that one person going off because you have the calmness with it he's so he's so polar opposite that in some scenes you'd be like like well in one scene he literally is asleep um yep it like that's uh, kind of um, how he fe- the drop. drop ship down to <laughs> yeah somebody wake up hicks <laughs> but like yeah there's like he he is so mellow that you're like is he acting i'm not sure he is he's just kind of there and the camera's pointing at him but like yeah bill paxton is he skirts that fine line of like uh, or, or at least that venn diagram of uh overacting and greatness like he's he's certainly in the middle um yeah he's right he's right where he should be at that at that moment yeah for sure yeah so we have the whole you know game over man sequence is like peak bill paxton like honestly is that probably the most iconic moment of his career well so we'll get there with uh with uh the later segment yeah we'll get we'll get there when we get to apex mountain yeah yeah like if there's one thing you're gonna identify with an actor though just as as sort of iconic moment like i feel like anybody knows bill pax is gonna be like game over man game over yeah like they would have missed a trick if they hadn't have played that uh at his funeral um (laughs) when he when he passed away a couple of years ago which yeah by the way r.i.p bill pax yeah 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 um (laughs) but yeah like that line that line's amazing and like it resonates with us as a community because it you know because of what it is obvious reasons yeah Yeah, because we hear it like at the end of every space marines game um there is actually kind of a brilliance though especially in his facial acting mm. the film like the knife trick game in the (laughs) the galley sequence Uh, (laughs) ah, ah. that's in a great scene and then like his kind of swan song the film when he's you know fighting the aliens in oh. the op center and he's like take that motherfucker oh you want this too fuck you it's so cool man it's so good uh like we've all had a game of heavy where we've been like that where we're trying to fight like four attackers at once like oh you want some <laughs> <laughs> and then you know we fall through a hole in the arena and our, yep. our and supply trying to drag us out that is, that's usually what happens yes yeah. yeah it's all bad it's all bad at that point um all right well like we we've got because he he features in a few other sections here um so we'll we'll come back to him yeah at least like he does for me i'm sure he does for you guys too uh number seven this one's an interesting one yeah so seven we have this is kind of casting what ifs and also the recasting couch so what if things were a little bit different um so i have on here michael bean was not the first choice to play hicks um james remar is probably best known as dexter's dad on dexter i guess oh, probably be yeah, the thing yeah, that yeah. People know him from. um he was originally cast he apparently dropped out due to creative differences with james cameron tough one except, tough one there james <laughs> no except except it wasn't that that was the reason that they gave at the time because this was yes, the same I, thing i was I getting had. to that yeah remar said yeah um um drugs he basically yeah. oh. Remar said in an interview in 2015 that he was fired after he was arrested for drug possession. So that's a double <laughs> tough one there, buddy. Creative Too differences. 
um so i've approached this section as like as uh who would we cast using actors from from now but we'll get there once we sort of deal with like um, yeah the other customers. that's i think yeah that's i think a little bit different so what if though if you could recast people from the 1980s which it would have been age appropriate so yeah. other other kind of casting what ifs that are in here or other just casting reference things um three of the actors in the film bill paxton lance Henriksen, and michael bian had all worked with james cameron on terminator um, right. I honestly really can't imagine anyone else in those roles. Those are A plus yeah. castings. They are absolutely essential to the film. So I'm glad that James Cameron brought them back. For sure. Yeah. I. I. I the, this, is, this is one of those. You know, looking at it, where, um, you know, I. I couldn't think of anybody else that you know from from that time period that I would I would even want to try to embody any of the characters i mean it's the the all all the actors played their characters to to a t i mean paul paul riser as a as a slimy corporate underlord because he certainly wasn't an overlord um i mean he's, de- he's definitely a mid-level vp in that company yeah, yeah he's, he's definitely middle man- management at best um you know like like that that casting was just like, yep, yeah, no, I can, I can, I, I, I have a hard time trying to think think of anybody else in that time frame that would have embodied that correctly. Now, see, so, to me, I'm actually wondering: is Paul Reiser the best choice for that role? Like, I almost feel like he's not sleazy enough, at least at this, at least at that point in his career. Right. Um, no, I kind of come back to it though. Charlie Sheen's no, book. Interesting. No. That's too. That's too much. That's too much. <laughs> he also not old enough in 1986. Yeah, yeah. The reason that that I say you know I, I can't see anybody else you know playing that role is is because y- you have the, the, those moments towards the beginning where because I mean yeah you, you understand that he's a company man and so 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 there's always going to be an element of slime to him but at the beginning you've kind of got maybe this this possible sense that maybe he's just you know doing this to survive within the environment that 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 he's in and maybe he's not the terrible person that he turns out to be you know there yeah with 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 how he's played there's you, you you have those glimmers at at the beginning that maybe and and you know but that's that there's actually some more on that that i've I've got in a later section for something that i stole from russ so i'm gonna stop there i had um and what as a what age the worst how he keeps calling ripley kiddo really bugged the shit out of me man (laughs) (laughs) like it's so it's so degrading for like a dude to call like a grown woman kiddo uh, well, especially and- when she's like technically 80 like bro <laughs> yeah she's like old enough to be your grandmother dude <laughs> yeah yeah simmer down with the kiddo bullshit uh what you guys don't call your grandma kiddo all the time yeah <laughs> hey kiddo what, what? 
Yeah, maybe that's like part of the genius though is that he does seem like he's pretty inoffensive and he's a he's a self-described okay guy. Yeah. He even says that at like the start of the film. <laughs> does he? Who's like nice, but then he turns out to be a complete piece of shit. <laughs> which is which is, you know, pretty on brand for most self-described okay guys. But, you know, again, <laughs> you you do get that that kind of initial maybe thing. But again, I've got I've got more for stuff that I um uh, well, for, yeah. for, so for recasting, like, the only thing that really jumped out of me for, for like, early ones is maybe, like, uh, Donald Glover. Uh, sorry, not Donald Glover. Danny Glover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that would not have worked at all in 1980. <laughs> fetus. <laughs> fetus. <laughs> it's a real piece Donald of shit Glover. fetus, that one. Um, so, yeah, either him or... Um, uh fuck his name escapes me right now carl weathers carl weathers yeah baby you yeah got a so I, I was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> yeah al matthews is definitely great as a poem oh yeah um, he was kind of he was kind of brought in partly as a military consultant for the film though not that he wasn't an actor in his own rights but that certainly was kind of a tiebreaker when it came to that yeah so i wonder yeah is it a different movie if that role goes to say somebody like carl weathers Danny Glover, I feel like he kind of adds probably a little bit. He's probably a little bit too high profile yeah. in 1980 because he's already a pretty doing like lethal weapon, right? Or yeah. I mean, somebody else who was in Terminator, like Paul Winfield. Um, I think he's a little too old for that role too. That <coughs> he's added the physicality that Al Matthews had. Yeah. So yeah, like Carl Weathers, I would say is probably the only kind of casting what if there. But he also probably kind of would have been a little bit too high profile. Well, he would have done Predator by then. Like predator, to come uh, predator is 84 i want to say so i think it's two years before this yeah so it would have and been much of the same really yeah a guy who's introduced as kind of the other badass who comes in and then gets killed off abruptly yeah. halfway through the film so yeah that kind of would have been a just a repeat of the thing that was done already that shit's whack um and double yeah i should have known when predator was made off the top of my head <laughs> i want to say it was i want to say it was before aliens but i could be wrong did you have any did you have any other ones for this because uh I'm going to get into my recastings. There's two more that I have, but you go ahead, Steve. Well, so, well, cause I'm going to do like, if it was cast now, so we can. Okay. All right. Reference. All right. Yeah. All right. So I'll do mine. So, um, Carrie Hen, who plays Newt, she's really good in the role. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Like, I'm not saying anybody was bad in here. There's one. I'm saying Drew Barrymore. That was, that was a possibility. So she basically retires from acting after shooting this film like yeah. many child actors she doesn't really stay in the business goes on to have a perfectly normal life um my understanding is she's actually uh, a middle school teacher in california that's right now somewhere in the central valley yeah um but could this have go gone to like a more well-known child actor or child actress like what if this was uh heather o'rourke the girl from poltergeist um she sadly died in 1988 but she was pretty well known at the time would have been kind of right for that role uh in in 1986 mm. she would have been only about 10 at the time but i think that's actually the same age that carrie hen was right um anna chlumsky uh best known from well my earlier girl. in her career my girl and more recently veep which is a great character <laughs> in that series she would have been probably too young um but yeah the deep cut i was going for is what about drew barrymore she yeah. would have been about 10 or 11 at the time of filming that would have been kind of a different world. It was like a start of a, like Drew Barrymore, Sigourney Weaver pairing. Like they could have been like mother daughter in like three different films or something like that. 
would play like Freaky Friday. Uh, yeah. With Sigourney Weaver yeah, by the time like Drew Barrymore's a teenager, they, they would have been perfect for that role right there. <laughs> um, all right, I'm gonna quickly run through mine. I I couldn't I couldn't recast. Um, I couldn't recast. Uh, Bill Paxton because who could but you know yeah well, no there's no recasting that. yeah no not at all but here's some that i, I had uh so as ripley uh kristen ritter so she plays mm. um uh jessica jones um, yeah also jane from breaking bad yeah yeah i thought like that would be kind of cool um because she's got i think she's maybe a little bit too cold um to to get across like kind of the motherly vibes that um that sigourney did but um yeah i think that was kind of cool like bad like she's a badass chick um and she knows how to you know play a character with ptsd which kind of important yeah for for sure as well yeah um so i went a little different recast bishop uh with tilda swinton uh, oh, I thought Tilda Swinton. Right. There, there yeah, you go. I think she could be like kind of an interesting. Uh, what do they call? What do they call them? Synth- Synthetics. Uh, they prefer the term artificial person. Thank cool. you very much. <laughs> um, Fucking racist. <laughs> uh, Newt. So maybe from a couple of years ago, but Millie Bobby Brown as Newt. Um, yeah she's too old at this point but yeah, yeah if we're talking stranger things season one yeah or, or even like maybe slightly earlier than that but like she's one of the best child actresses i think i've ever watched like she was fantastic as 11 so i think she'd you know mostly be a good choice mostly um who else we got thank you sir thank you um uh, michelle rodriguez as vasquez um because oh, okay that's obvious. kind of an obvious one yeah, yeah okay yeah. yeah who i mean her character in avatar basically is kind of a variation on vasquez right also a james cameron film yeah yeah so someone uh heathen said in chat scarjo scarjo is really no. yeah i i'd have to say no i thought about her as well yeah, but I she's she's a little bit too pretty i think to 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 come across as like ripley because ripley is like um not like she doesn't have like model good looks she's not ugly but like that that ruggedness gives her like right a badass like uh i don't know that adds the bad badassness of her you don't look at her and think oh she's she's too prissy to be a badass funnily um, enough sigourney weaver in various interviews has commented on that because she was actually in the same graduating class in acting school as meryl streep i believe but talked about like always getting secondary roles to her because she wasn't perceived as a, attractive enough to get leading roles so she was seen as too tall and kind of like too awkward she was dark haired rather than blonde so she yeah. would constantly be getting cast as like prostitutes or <laughs> <laughs> you know just um domineering women or things yeah. like that but made it work for various other roles in her career because yeah ripley is just a badass yeah she's so good um and the last one which is a little little a little out there uh recast burke with paul rudd um <laughs> okay <laughs> i think paul rudd would be able to pull off that like that okay uh, gentle like um 
slime ball. Yeah. 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 His birth basically is like a smarter version of Bobby Newport. So (laughs) (laughs) that actually does make sense. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's what I had in my recasting. Uh, And really the other characters, uh, meh. The only other one would have been like um, Apon, but I couldn't really think of. Well, since you already threw him under the bus, Donald Glover, obviously. (laughs) I mean, maybe, but he's, he's not gruff. He's like cool. He doesn't have that gruff person persona. Yeah, he's know. fucking Lando now. So yeah, I guess exactly. he'd have to be. I guess he'd have to be Private Frost, <laughs> the the stock black guy who, <laughs> who? Just gets killed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as soon as he walked in, like like his first line, the, the first thing I thought of was, "Damn that shit, whack." Um, <laughs> David, hang on, from, from from chat, David Tennant for 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 Burke. I could go that because David Tennant could be cold is. He he's fucking scary in some of his roles. Yeah, like season one of Jessica Jones as as Mr. Purple. Like there are there are a couple mo- moments in there. I mean, just like the the switch flips he does from you know being all hey hi I am I'm, I'm great to just immediately scary is yeah, yeah I think I I think I think he could do that. So, so did you say is like, Burke or is Bishop? Because I was thinking. Um, I was thinking it's Bishop. Well, so, so 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 we had one for Burke and one for Bishop with David Tennant. Honestly, let's just clone David Tennant and make him play both roles. That's cool. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, that's what they did with <laughs> with Bishop for all the other <laughs> alien films in the franchise anyway. They just have the same actor play 50 Perfect. different versions of that character. Um, um, yeah, obviously David Tennant also known for a villainous role in Goblet of Fire, but he certainly gets the Matthew Hogan overacting award in that film for his <laughs> stupid face licking. That it's not my favorite <laughs> David Tennant role. Um, Russ said we don't have to pick a black guy for Apon. I think you kind of have to. Like white people don't have the same kind of like equal parts gravitas and like coolness. <laughs> white as, people like, are just not cool enough, man. Nah, they don't have the grizzly like, like. I don't know. Uh, fuck, what's his name? Um, God damn. He's like super like you famous. Could, that could almost be like a Jason Momoa type role. Yeah, again, he's still cool though. Uh, yeah. Oh, there's, no, like, there's that's a lag. A... You can comment in chat before the audio. It's just me? Oh, fuck. Well, um, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, the other, the other casting what if I would have from the original film... William Hope is Gorman. Meh, he's he's just kind of there. Like that I don't char- really get that, that much character's from just kind of there though, right? This movie. Yeah, his his panicky face during the combat drop, and then when the Marines cam start going dark, like that's okay. Yeah. Um, but maybe could have found somebody with a slightly bigger footprint for this role. But yeah, he's just kind of there. Yeah. But um, but but that's just it. He's just kind of there. But. <laughs> We'll stop there because again i've got something for that later okay yeah All right. uh number eight yeah eight half-assed internet research i feel like we could go for for days on this yeah okay if so we, if we chose to <laughs> so yeah probably the fan and i will delve into some of this so as part of their preparations for their roles the actors playing the colonial marines were instructed to read Robert Heinlein's Starship Troopers that has many of the same themes as in the film. The use of the dropship, the term dropship, the idea of the, the bug hunt all comes from Starship Troopers. This is actually kind of a better adaptation of that book than the actual film Starship Troopers. 
I but I would Star be Troopers. super. I would be super interested to do a rewatchables of that movie too, because yeah. it is a yeah. subtly good guilty pleasure movie that oh, is yeah. nothing like the that is intentionally nothing like the book. Rico's um, Roughnecks. I, <laughs> I have a great bit. We could get into stuff about Paul Verhoeven later, but yeah, maybe we'll say that for another time. Yeah. Uh, the mech yeah. loader that Ripley uses is kind of a version of the power armor that's used by the Marines and Starship Troopers, but for budgetary reasons, it was used in very few scenes in the in the film. Um, other military stuff associated with the film, the actors underwent a kind of boot camp training that was led by Elle Matthews, who, as Stan mentioned, was a former Marine sergeant. Uh, Michael Bean actually missed that segment since he was the last minute addition to the cast, but he already had some weapons training from Terminator when he played Kyle Reese. Um, according to interviews given by Matthews, he served six years in the U.S. Marines. He was the first African-American promoted to sergeant in the first division of the Marine Corps. Interesting stuff there. Um, the so film also borrows heavily from the influence of the Vietnam War since it's not really shot all that long after Vietnam, um, where a technologically advanced superpower basically gets their asses kicked by the natives using their knowledge of the terrain, <laughs> right down to the soldiers using very animalistic terms to describe their foes. Another major theme from Vietnam here is the rank and file's disdained, disdain for the commissioned officer, the inexperienced Gorman. Um, Hicks complains at one point in the film, the new lieutenant's too good to eat with the rest of us grunts. Vasquez basically threatens to kill an unconscious Gorman for throwing the Marines into the ambush. Um, obviously we have our final words. You always were an asshole, Gorman. He gets hit. And I mean, this part's a little bit subtle, but it's something that I kind of just pick up on from being a historian and reading about that period is that he gets taken out really by one of his own Marines grenades, albeit he kills off some of the Xenomorphs as well. But that might be a little bit of an homage to the practice of fragging, which was practiced by subordinates um, toward abusive or incompetent officers who were endangering the the unit during the Vietnam War would sometimes be killed by their own soldiers by having fragmentation grenades rolled under their tents in a practice that was known as fragging at the time. So Jesus. that uh, that could kind of be a little inside reference there, Vietnam War. <laughs> heavy. So, this shit got real yeah. heavy. <laughs> well, DK, DK is good for that. So, so, so my you know, kind of random contribution to uh, this, although would you like to I'm know not... More? <laughs> Sorry. Always, um, no, it's it's fine. Um, so the so the the movie was filmed at Pine Pinewood Studios in in England. Um, famous, which studio. yeah, very, very famous studio. But the how how the English work at, on on a film, how the crew works on a film, and how. Americans' work on a film in Hollywood are two completely different ways of working. Um, so there were there, there were issues dur during filming where um, you know James Cameron's used to just doing like tw twelve hour shoots, just you know get it done, get it done, get it done. You get to you know like five o'clock in England, it's like oh tea time, off to the pub. That ain't tea time. That's for that's for a different kind of drink. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But so, 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 so there, there, there was a, a, a constant, um, constant, almost, almost turmoil on, on set because, um, you know, they, this was, this was, it was being filmed prior to Terminator actually being released in England. So he, he's coming over to film this movie and 
nobody in at, at Pinewood like knows any of his work basically. Yeah, Cameron's not a big name at that point in his career. And so and, and so, you know, he's coming over to film this, you know, sci-fi a- action movie and that they're, they're all kind of like meh, whatever. Yeah. Like and, what, we're making a fucking creature feature B-roll movie. It's five o'clock. I yeah. wanna fuck off and go to the pub. Yeah. Because yeah, I actually so, have this thing called work life balance in parts of the world that aren't the states. Ish. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, so 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 that was that that was just 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 a constant battle trying to get you know things done is that you know the crew would just you know knock off at certain points like yeah peace out we're yeah we're going to the pub we're 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 done for the day mm. so there were the, 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 there were some definite um, some definite challenges with the with, with the different cultural expectations of 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 filmmaking um, through through this I mean obviously. It all it all worked out, because you know, we got this amazing mo- movie out of it. But there was definitely some some interestingness there. Um, also, because of apparently because of the amount of time that the um, person who did the the score was actually there for, and they didn't have the movie done when the guy came to score it, the score was actually incomplete. Um, he basically the person had... who did the score, you put some <laughs> fucking respect on James Horner's name. <laughs> I, I, I didn't write it down, so that's so that's totally my, my fault. Um, but yeah, he 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 didn't actually complete the score. He he there, there's you know interviews that he did where he's like, yeah, I kind of had to take you know pieces from other things I'd done and put it together. Which speaks in my mind to the. Which speaks to my mind to the greatness that is James Horner. I will ride or die for James Horner scores, so yeah. <laughs> you will not get any kind of negative talk from from me. Oh, no, I mean, it's, it still is. It's it's. I mean, obviously, it all it all works and everything. But yeah, he 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 got there, and they he, he was only going to be there for like six weeks, and they weren't done yet. And that's and, not actually the first time that he had to slap together a score that quickly. He was basically also, as I recall, a last minute hire for Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, which I think was his first major film that he scored. And he was all of like 28, I think, at the time when he did that film. So he's definitely uh, good at working under pressure, I guess. Hey, DK, from, from chat, Russ says, Williams greater than Horner, fight me. I mean, Williams is obviously pretty unassailable at the top of the scoring canon, but I love me some James Horner. Like, I can't argue against John Williams, but I mean, I just, I really like James Horner scores. Um, All right, other half us internet research. Uh, As I previously alluded to, the (laughs) She Thought They Said Illegal Aliens signed up line that was directed at Vasquez by Hudson Erland Film could possibly be an inside joke among the crew uh, toward Goldstein, because apparently when the film was being cast, she initially showed up to the casting call thinking that the film called Aliens was about immigration. (laughs) She showed up to an audition in a short skirt and high heels for a military action flick, Um, but but she still got the role. It was her first major film role. She actually won a Saturn Award, you know, the greatest of all acting awards that are out there. (laughs) Uh, for best supporting actress, fun a fun fact in a space one. film, is that why it's called Saturn? Yeah, it's specifically for um, sci-fi, yeah, pop culture. I know stuff. things. It's, <laughs> it's one or two like things. Your, right? It's like your third tier Golden Globe. 
What I, 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 didn't, so the I film, did no internet research. <laughs> he didn't even half-ass the internet research. Nah. The film, surpri- surprisingly though, for a sci-fi action flick, it was nominated for seven Academy Awards. It actually won two. One for sound effects, one, sound editing, I'm sorry, not sound effects, sound editing and visual effects. So as Stan mentioned, stuff that held up pretty well, it was quite good for the time in 1986. We on the resupply know it definitely deserved that sound editing Oscar. Sigourney Weaver actually uh, nominated for Best Actress. That was a big deal in 86, since sci-fi films usually were not taken seriously. So here's the competition she was up against for that award category for that year. You have Kathleen Turner in Peggy Sue Got Married, Sissy Spacek in Crimes of the Heart, Jane Fonda in The Morning After, and the eventual winner in that category, Marley Matlin for Children of a Lesser God. That's a tough field. Tough that, field. Yeah. That is a... Yeah, that is... Steve doesn't know who we're talking about. Get yeah, more in yeah. here. Somebody who appreciates film. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really, Russ, Russell should be in here instead of me this week. <laughs> Look, so I'm here to make fun can... of <laughs> she probably couldn't win on those odds she would have been my vote even though marlon matlin's actually really good in that movie uh oliver stone won for platoon that year for best director oh. a film that actually is obviously about vietnam oh, platoon is such a struggle to watch man Ugh. it's a rough one yeah uh james james horner again also r.i.p james horner big ups <laughs> Nominated for Best Original Score, which he slapped together in six weeks, as Dan said, at age 32. Pretty impressive. He absolutely got robbed there. He got robbed in that category. But he eventually did win for another James Cameron film, uh, some movie about a boat or something. It's called like Titanic or something. I can't remember. Uh, I'm driving, Jack. I'm driving. (laughs) Um, Russ said I expected Steve to forget to watch the movie before the pod. I mean, if we had, we almost got there, I think. Well, yeah, you thought it, about almost, it. it almost didn't happen a couple of weeks ago, but that was, you know, not my fault. Uh, so he absolutely should have won for best original score that year. Uh, Herbie Hancock won for the film Round Midnight that year. Who the fuck cares? Slam Give James Horner a yeah, take away the fucking Oscar. Give it back to James Horner posthumously. Who Just quickly, cares? massive like thank you to Slam Man for uh, for gifting three more subs. That's really nice of you, bro. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Maddie. He's gifted a total of thirteen subs. You're a you're a bloody legend. We love you, soccer. Also, this is why you get the sportsmanship award. That's right. <laughs> also, Russell said William Defoe is Hudson. Changed my mind. That's an interesting one. If if he goes um, like Bill Paxton is Hudson, I've changed your mind right there. <laughs> Bill Paxton he, is if, Hudson. If he um. Like, have you ever watched him in uh, in Boondock Saints and how over-the-top he is in that film? Because that's another film where somebody chews the scenery, but it is <laughs> amazing to watch. Like, he yeah. he kills it in that role. But yeah, I'm not sure. I assume be, that, he, that Russ is referencing his character in Platoon is basically a stand-in for Hudson and Aliens. Right. Because they're relatively, relatively similar characters. Right. Um, but yeah, one of those characters a little bit more muted in that film. I'd have to watch Platoon again, but it is a bit of a struggle, as Steve said. Oh man, I I don't think I made it all the way through that film, and I tried to watch it once, like years ago. It was just like, nah, I don't think so. I don't think I yeah. ever tried tried to watch it. So you never did. Yeah, yeah never. Just watch That's... Aliens again. 
<laughs> exactly. It's like a better option. Yeah. It's the other, other made than Full Metal Jacket. It's the best film about Vietnam that's ever been made. It's not even about Vietnam. Other <laughs> um, um, yeah. uh, so last bit that I have for have asked in her research <laughs> is differences between the theatrical release and the director's cut slash special edition. Um, so six things that I get into. One is that all the bits about Ripley's daughter were not included in the or in the original theatrical release. There is no talk about Ripley, Ripley having a family, having a daughter, anything like that. The second difference, there's more time at the Hadley's Hope Colony. So the whole scene where you have the kid riding on the tricycle, you have the people who are talking in the background at the colony, and then Newt's parents actually going out to the ship and you seeing Newt's father with the face hugger on his face. None of that was included either. Hudson's ultimate badass swagger scene that we talked about earlier was not included in the theatrical release. The auto turrets, which we talked about, not included in really? there. Uh, more discussion Correct. about the nature of the alien queen after Ripley says, so who's laying these eggs? And Bishop says, I'm not sure. Hudson makes a remark about them being maybe like a, a beehive or an ant colony. An ant hive. Like, <laughs> yeah, an ant hive. These ain't ants. <laughs> It's like a queen. She's big. She's badass, man. <laughs> um, and then the last one, right before Ripley goes down the the elevator, Steve's favorite scene, uh, has like a small exchange with um, with Hicks where they reveal each other's first names to one another and stop referring to each other as oh, um, as Ripley and Hicks. It's Dwayne and Ellen. So yeah. So of Yuck. these. <laughs> So of those six changes that are in there, this is something that I know is kind of weird to Than's heart because Than and I, I think, in general, both agree that the special edition slash director's cut is the superior version of the film. Than, do you it's want to talk close. about that? Yeah. It's, it's not even close. Um, you know, I mean, in, ca in, in case you all hadn't noticed over the you know time that you've been tormenting yourselves by listening to, to, to this podcast, um, I I I enjoy backstory. I enjoy extra details, and I enjoy tormenting you with those extra details. Um, so, and if you don't like that stuff, why the fuck are you watching this pod? Pretty much. Um, <laughs> and and Russ, Russ just just made a comment in in chat that's very spot on. That the you know the the stuff about Ripley's daughter, with without that being in the theatrical release, you don't it. it you don't get quite the same emotional impact of her with Newt. Mm. Like nope. if you if you don't remember from the first film, and maybe you don't remember that that she had a daughter in the first film, because even cause that her... I think wasn't included in the theatrical version of the '79 film. The fact that she has a kid that she has to go home to. I don't think that was even mentioned in the original cut of that film either. I honestly can't remember because the last last time I watched that movie, I watched the the director's cut, and, it, and it's been a while. But let's 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 assume for, yeah. for for argument's sake that it's in the in the theatrical release. That's I mean it 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 would it would have it was a small little kind of throwaway line, and and I'm pretty sure it wasn't in the theatrical release because that there was a there there was a comment about her getting home for her daughter's birthday in mm -hmm. in the original Alien. I'm pretty sure that was in the theatrical release. Um, if you don't remember that and you don't get it reintroduced to you in Aliens and you don't get that, oh, fuck, you know, her, her, her 11-year-old daughter died at 66, you know, two years before she gets back, without that kind of initial emotional sucker punch, it, it you, you, you don't understand the full emotional journey 
that she's going on by you know by you know finding new and becoming the mother protector figure there she's she's becoming the mother protector figure that she wasn't able to do for her own daughter yeah, because um, from her perspective, she basically has lost her 11-year-old daughter. Mm. I mean, she doesn't know that she had this whole other life. She's lost a child. Yeah, so 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 that piece, even if you dropped everything else out, and why would you? But if if you put a gun to my head and said you can only keep one of you know these these six things that that were added back in, it would have to be that it would have to be the stuff at, at the beginning where it establishes her daughter because it makes it makes the emotional journey and and connection with newt makes so much more sense i mean you 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 kind of under i mean you, you obviously understood it anyway with the with the direct with the theatrical release but it's so much better it makes more sense from yeah, a narrative makes, standpoint yes that's, the, yeah. that's like that's you can it's still comprehensible to the audience but it's kind of just a weaker version if you don't know that she had this 11 year old daughter that she's essentially lost it's just well why does ripley care about this kid so much well she's a woman women are mothers so it's (laughs) like it's just like lazy sexist writing but the fact that newt is basically just a stand-in for her daughter makes a lot more sense so of those six scenes yeah i would agree the only one's absolutely inexcusable from the cut is the one about ripley's daughter um, I really like the auto turret scene, especially because it figures in Space Marines and stuff like that. Yeah. But I can see why they were cut. They're not strictly speaking necessary. The other ones, in my opinion, they're they're kind of meh. I'm actually not a big fan of the other scenes. I'm not a big fan of us knowing about the colony before Ripley gets there. I'm going like, to argue with you knowing... on that. Go I'm ahead. Gonna, I'm... We're here for We're going to fight. Um, I, I... <laughs> we're going to fight now. We are going to fight now. I like them establishing the colony because I like them establishing that they were real people. I I I like that you get this this feeling for that this was a a if not vibrant. I mean, it, it was as vibrant as it could be with you know 180ish people, um, and and these were real people that had real lives and they they existed they 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 weren't just here to be um broodmares for alien spawn basically so i so 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 for so for me that just it, it kind of just it reinforces the the, the piece of Oh yeah, the, the, there there was a human cost to this whole thing. Now see, I can I can appreciate that. I just I don't think that we spent long enough there in order to establish that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Steve's like I, I I'm so out of this conversation right now. Um, <laughs> you, you know, it's I mean I I do understand the point that. That, that you're making there, but I think you're wrong. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll put it at that. Um, now, like, we all know what's coming anyway. We know that, oh, yeah, they went to that planet. Obviously, the aliens are going to get them and that kind of thing. But just seeing the face hugger on Newt's dad's face, it's like, oh, yep, here we go again. We know exactly what happened now versus there's still, like, a slight element of mystery if you don't have that scene, I feel like. Mm. But that's fine. You can disagree. 
Um, and and now now the scene that I could do without, I could do without Hudson's check it out, check yeah. it out. That like I I don't I don't I don't need that scene. Like and and one because one of the other things that bugs me about that scene, aside from all the check it outs, like you're you're not wrong, Steve. Like that 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 shit pisses me off. Um, because because of the way the editing was done, like when that sheet scene was shot relative to everything else. Hicks goes from being asleep to being awake to being asleep. <laughs> maybe he's, uh, maybe a, he's a junkie. He's there. just like nodding out. There's a, there's a, there's well, there's, there's, Kyle Reese was definitely a meth head in, in Terminator, so maybe he was, he was just bringing that in. Yeah. But so 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 you know the the um, the continuity thing there, not notwithstanding, like I just I don't need I don't need that scene. Like no, that's, you don't need that. That's, that's the that's the one thing that got put back in. There's like you could have left that on the cutting room floor. I would have been fine. E- everything else, I'm totally okay with. I don't yeah, like the we... No, that scene it completely kills the momentum of that scene. You have the high energy, high octane James Horner score where the second shuttle is flying in the atmospheric processor. Ripley's getting all her shit together. She's getting mad at Bishop. She's like, "You better be fucking waiting on that platform." She's taping the guns together, and she gets in. She's you know taking off her jacket. She's getting ready, getting all psyched up. But in the special edition, right in the middle of that, there's this whole, "Oh yeah, by the way, what's your real name?" Oh, I'm Dwayne. Oh, I'm Ellen. All right, don't be don't be long, Ellen. Completely kills the momentum Yuck. of the scene. It's it was bad. Thanks. It's not good. Dwayne for your input. Yeah. yeah. And, Although and, I mean on the plus side, like maybe the first white guy in history named Dwayne. <laughs> and I was, again again I don't I don't mind that scene. Um Yuck. It, for 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 me it was it, it was a, a, a natural evolution of the good subtle chemistry that they had had you know up up to that point but they already have that in the in the tracker scene though i don't feel like they needed that it they could have either moved that to an earlier part in the film when they're exchanging backstories i just specifically don't like it there because of the way that it kills the momentum of the rest of that scene where it's just this constant adrenaline build but then there's that taper off what's supposed to like humanize themselves to each other right like that's kind of what they yeah. and like uh, who cares just go fight the queen who cares about <laughs> I mean, Dwayne? And, and otherwise it is one of the few like 1980s action movies that doesn't have like a shoehorned romantic plot mm. in there where obviously you know the guy gets the girl and they have to kiss at the end of the film and stuff like that there is that subtle chemistry between hicks and ripley mm. but you don't and get his face melted yeah. yeah, and that's as close as you get, and you you don't really need it. Yeah, hard pass. Okay, hard pass on you, Dwayne. <laughs> um, so, uh, you could have had it at another moment in the film, but I don't think you need it right there in particular. Is there any more to half-ass internet research that you would like? That's as that's as much uh, half-ass internet research as I think, I, I think we should get to. So yeah, I think I I think we've done plenty. Yeah, yeah. Because all especially three our... of us, all three of us equally have done plenty. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we all contributed. Yay for the resupply. So, so probably unanswerable un- questions. Now, yeah, I stole this from probably unanswerable questions. Yeah, I stole this from 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 Russ today, um, because it it was so good. It's kind of a two two part question of this whole last. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> so, what did Burke? What, what did Burke know? And and when? And 
did they intentionally get a green lieutenant to fuck up the mission, but have an experienced NCO to maximize the chance of getting a live sit sample back? Ooh, good mm. That's good. Yeah. Well, well, Russ, well, Russ, Russ, good job. Russ hit me with that today while while I was watching um, this afternoon. I was like, and I mentioned like, hey, it's and he's like, it's, I'm like, I never thought about that. That's a fantastic set of questions. What? So of course I stole it and bringing it to you guys. So so just quickly because the ones that I come up with are probably more like picking nits than unanswerable questions. Um, well, I, I think we're kind of rolling picking nits into this because I didn't actually have the picking nits category yeah. in there. So you can go ahead and throw it in here. But do we want to talk about those? The, like, are we talking about the unanswerable questions? Because like, Let's picking, the unanswerable picking nits is probably unanswerable questions. I mean, there's definitely overlap there. Let's um, start, let's start with mine and then move that's, on. Yeah, that's more what I'm asking. Do you want to actually discuss? Yeah, yeah. Discuss. Let's let's discuss this and then move on because I. I I feel like there's there, there's definitely some meat on this bone. Well, there's merit um, to, to the you know putting in a green lieutenant, like because he was he like yeah didn't know what he was doing and like he only had two combat drops, man. Yeah, people got killed that because one. Of, people yeah. got killed because of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so and the, and so, so 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 the first part about you know what what did Burke know when as far as you know what was what was on the the, the planet, um, you know. The, my my th thinking is is that even uh, as much as at the beginning you get that sense of maybe he's not a complete corporate douchebag, um, at the at the very least he had access to enough information to know, yeah, there's this you know that this is enough for me to send a message off and send people out so I didn't have the exclusive rights. Mm. There's, um, yeah, yeah, because, because he, he's he at the flat out says, he, he, he flat out says, you know, you, you, if I make a bit, you know, make, make a big security thing about it, you know, everybody gets involved. There's no exclusive rights for for anybody. So he he had access to enough information to know that shit was probably fucked. Now whether he specifically had had enough juice to you know change you know, get get a green lieutenant in charge of this mission or at some hot, higher level within Wayland yutani they like, oh, you're doing this? Yeah, we know what's happening here. And they were able to shuffle. I think that's, I think that, that's a totally different question. That seems like that. oxybrain right there. The fact that we need this exact makeup of a green officer, but an experienced NCO. Or maybe yeah, two seems... experienced NCOs. Hicks is technically a corporal, which depending yeah. how you think about it technically an NCO. Um, yes. So, so, I mean, there's, the, the, there is definitely a, a ton of merit to, yeah, just that, it's like, okay, so yeah, you, you, you have this green lieutenant that doesn't know fucking anything. And well, it's obvious he does, he, 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 it's obvious that he knows that, that he knows, you know, he has, he has book learning and book learning yeah. doesn't mean shit once you're actually in On the streets. <laughs> well, and and it's and, and it's and it's clear that he doesn't un he doesn't you know know what the fuck he's doing when they're under the the, the heat exchanger, and he has it explained to him, hey, firing <laughs> firing your, your don't fire that your, open flame <laughs> is, is, is going to be a real fucking bad, bad idea. Cody. But he but but he doesn't take the time to tell 
his NCO pull, you know, yes, pull, pull the guns, but this is why. He was, there was, there was enough time there. They weren't under any immediate pressure, you know, that he could have said, I need you to pull mags for everybody. And I need you to pull mags because if we, if we fire these weapons under there, we run the risk of blowing the whole facility up, you know, two, two extra sentences and the, and, and, and his troops go, go from being super, um, ready to mutiny. Super ready to mutiny to, okay, and they probably—I mean—they probably still get their fucking asses kicked, but they're you know not—they're not ready to you know murder him when they get back to the APC. Yeah, and I mean, so more on the what did Burke know? When does he know it? Burke is at the meeting where Ripley is explaining her experience of what happened with the Nostromo, saying that they sat down on LP four twenty six saying that they went there on company orders. So Burke obviously knows from that meeting, he knows enough about Ripley that he thinks that she's not off her rocker. He's like, okay, somebody back in the day, Wayland Yutani was definitely curious about this. Let me just go check it out because obviously this is a low priority. We already have people there. It doesn't really cost me a whole lot just to see if there is something out there. And yeah, it, but the question of whether or not this is a plot to send out people just to bring back a couple survivors, or if he is just kind of curious and incompetent and a corporate slime ball who's just curious to see if he can make some money off of this and doesn't realize what a fucking dangerous situation it is. That's maybe a more open question, but that's a good one. It's a good deep cut by Russ there. Mm. The other, the, the, the other thing that Russ has now put in chat in chat, um, <laughs> Hey, you know, just get off stream, Russ. Jesus, come on. <laughs> he put, he put a lot of thought of this, so so I, I feel like you know we need to make make sure that the his stuff gets brought in. Um, the the company rigged her escape pod to fly through the outer pickets un unnoticed. I have a harder time with this one. Um, well, is that than, so? That's well, referencing the the happening from Alien, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I have I I have a harder time with this one. Yeah. Um. I'm not putting it outside the realm of possibility because you know we know that Wayland Lee. Fuck, can't talk. We know that the corporation is a it is a huge fucking um, you know corporation of assholes. Um, so you know, gambling on that she, she was infected as as Russ says, and so they can, she can get closer to Earth before they pick her up. I just don't think you know they. I think. That's a I different like, movie. No, but, but I also feel like it's just that that's really, really going like five and six steps almost too far. I don't, I, hey, I, man, I don't know but, why. Well, Steve, I mean, you mentioned that's a very different movie, but there were lots of other plans for the way that the franchise was supposed to go. The initial ending for the first movie actually didn't have Ripley surviving at all. In the initial draft of the first movie, the ending scene was supposed to be in the shuttle when she confronts the alien is actually that the alien bites off Ripley's head and then makes a recording using her voice. Like the alien can actually talk and sends a message back to Earth. <laughs> they so, should have done that okay. one. That's awesome. That's kind of weird. That's kind of weird. One And then the original plan for the third film was that Ripley's shuttle with her infected actually crashes on Earth, not on the fucking weird prison planet. But we don't need to talk about Alien 3 just yet. I can do a DK rant yeah. on that on another occasion. Different movie. It's the same, the Alien rewatchable. God yeah. damn it. 
Um, so yeah, all right, that's a fair one. What else we got? Uh, is there any actual crew on the Sulaco besides the Marines? Like Done. when they are oh. stranded on the planet, why can't they just contact the pilots or whoever to send the other dropship? Because it, be, be, because there is no crew on it. It's it's totally computer controlled. I mean, it seems like kind of an oversight to me just to leave an unmanned military craft in space. Aren't there like pirates or shit who might want to steal that? Like, wait, the ship is a giant fucking gun in space. Like, it's shaped like a gun. It clearly has some kind of armor, some kind of weaponry that's attached to it. It has a couple of turret guns. It has, I don't know if there's supposed to be antennas or there's supposed to be additional like cannons or something coming off the front. We know there's salvage teams in deep space. Like, wouldn't somebody just be like stealing unmanned military craft all the time? Yeah, well, so they would come back to the ship and it's up on bricks and like ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit god damn it not again this is a bad part of space it's an illegal booting on my car <laughs> um what uh some some like picking it stuff that i had i guess we'll yeah sure in there. um this this one was kind of like obvious so at the end with the the airlock and she hits the airlock um how how she doesn't get sucked out into space is is beyond me that kind of bugs Ruby me physics yeah um <laughs> there's that one uh when they run when they run the xenomorph over in their in their rad car how how that doesn't like eat away at the wheels or or you know like i mean it might have hicks does comment saying that the transaxle had been blown yeah, on she, a vehicle she does that by like like taking it to the max and jumping it over that sand dune um, yeah but yeah, like but it could have been weak but, but it could, could have been weakened by the acid split true split, but like it splash. doesn't cause like any any other damage to any well seemingly to the rest of the thing where it like you know burns through multiple floors of metal um uh what else um oh probably the most important question so did drake and vasquez ever get busy yes are you sure though <laughs> so so it's a weird relationship apparently in in the novelization we're talking about the um, film mate the film books are dumb get out of here fuck off well this fuck is off. probably an answerable question he's just trying to provide an answer no this so, is a movie so, so apparently in in the novelization and this is and this i guess could tie back to half ass you know, internet research um they they um grew up together they were they they they, they were both in the same like project or ghetto basically and so he asked he asked if they fucked that's pretty much exactly what I asked. so 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 the theory being that if they grew up together and all that so there is a, a distinct possibility that that, that yeah. they okay so there's a possibility but you get the possibility that they bone from the from watching the film too but, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. I I'm gonna say no either. Platonic mates. Yeah, they look, good platonic mates. That's men like... and women can be friends. You can have a casual relationship with somebody the opposite sex. Mike Pence, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well but played. it's it's kind of an interesting bromance, um, because that's kind of what they have. It's it's rad. Yeah. Um, that's but fair. there is a there is a really confusing and weird sexual tension between those two two characters, um. Yeah. To be fair, there's a sexual tension between Vasquez and everybody. She's just uber sexual <laughs> altogether. <laughs> it's because of the guns. <laughs> um, acid doesn't drip up. I think that's exactly right, Russ. I can't. I can't 
refute those claims. Acid and acid. When does it drip? When does it drip up? That's what he's saying. Acid doesn't drip up. Um, yeah. I don't know what that's so, a reference to. <laughs> I don't know. Either. I don't yeah. know what's going on there. Um, Maybe he's talking about why it doesn't melt the tires and stuff like that, so it doesn't go like it doesn't eat up into the middle. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. If you want to talk about, it, you should have come on the pod, Russ. I'm is it a bromance if she's female? Well, that's that's the thing. That's what makes it so unique, Shawnee. Is that like it feels like a bromance, even though and I don't want to assume anyone's gender. But even though I call they, everybody bro, see, <laughs> even though seemingly <laughs> they're both different genders. I'm from California, so we call everybody bro or dude or guy. Yeah, well, I True. call everyone man. <laughs> so, yeah, man in the asexual <laughs> sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's my big questions. <laughs> okay. Other unanswerable questions. Are there still separate countries on Earth, even though they're colonizing space? I mean, Hudson refers to Vasquez as being an illegal aliens. That seems to imply that immigration is still a thing, if illegal aliens are still a thing. That just seems weird. Like I said, it's probably a joke reference in the film, but I don't know. Unanswerable question. I'm not your bro, guy. <laughs> uh, another one. How common are alien species? It seems like they're pretty novel because yeah. Pharaoh Pharaoh says of Ripley, apparently she saw an alien once. Like that's sort of a big deal. Yeah, that even was though like Hudson fifty years in, ago, right? Yeah, even though Hudson immediately mocks her, whoopie fucking do. <laughs> and then Hudson asks if it will be a stand-up fight or another bug hunt. So if there are alien bugs, I guess this makes sense. But that line is that line's way darker. If there aren't aliens, he's talking about suppressing like colonial rebellions or something. Then that that's a much darker Ooh. line reading. So maybe the the Wayland Yutani, the corporate lady, the lady wearing the tie. I don't think she has a yep. name in the film. Um, no, she says the xenomorph is something that was quote never recorded in over three hundred surveyed worlds. So are there other species that are recorded? Um, Frost, the the token black marine, <laughs> other than Apon. Uh, he makes an offhand reference to getting some Arturian poontang, <laughs> and uh, it's either um, I think it's Spunkmeyer who retorts, "Yeah, but the one you had was a male." It doesn't matter when it's Arturian, baby. So, are, uh, this is my question: Are the Arturians an alien race, or is that like a calling that just happens to have like super attractive people? It's a dance troupe. They're <laughs> <laughs> um, flexible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're fluid, baby. They're fluid. It doesn't matter when it's Arturian, baby. One, one, actually, one thing I just think of now, there was a joke made last night. Um, uh, it was during the part, I think Apon talks about how he wants everything to go smoothly this time uh, with them, like, you know, disembarking the dropship and stuff. To which someone made the joke, well, what happened last time? Like, did they, <laughs> did they go to get off and they didn't mind the gap or like <laughs> um Hudson mind the gap <laughs> um yeah I would very much like to know what happened last time um any other ones Good. Another unanswerable question those are the big ones I have I need to know yeah. more about Arturian Poontang I just do <laughs> There's a website, a website for that. <laughs> There's several websites for that, actually. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, I think we. I, I think we can move on to ten. All right, ten. Yeah, all right, good. so ten is the Sven Olthorsen That Guy Award for the actor who appears in a ton of TV and film, but most people don't know what their actual name is. It's the oh hey, it's that guy from 
insert movie here. So for me, I, I, so I named this I named this one after bodybuilder slash actor Sven Olthorsen, who's in <laughs> so many movies. Nobody knows his name except super nerds like me. Um, he's basically in every Arnold Schwarzenegger film as a guy that Arnold has to fight like sooner or later in the film. Um, probably most notable as one of the lieutenants in Conan the Barbarian, uh, Thorgrim. But he is also, you'll enjoy this one, Steve, he is the laconic security uh, guard Lafors in Mallrats. Oh, really? Yeah. He is awesome. also uh, the gladiator Tigress of Gaul and Gladiator, the dude with the face mask who, who uh, Maximus has is to fight when guy? he's fighting the tigers. Yeah. Wow. That's Sven Thorson and I, a bunch of other movies. So I don't think I ever recall seeing the guy, like the LaFour's guy in anything else. He's uncredited in a lot of roles, but he has appeared in a lot of films. Right. All right. Well, for this one, I'm going to go first. Uh, okay. I have Mark Ralston. Yep. Yeah. Mark Ralston is that guy from Shawshank Redemption and several other things. He plays one of the sisters. Bogs. Yeah. Bogs. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and I see him in like, what, what was he played? Uh, not yeah. Drake. He was yeah, Drake. Drake. Um, so he's been in a bunch of stuff and every time I see him, I'm like, Oh, it's that guy from Shawshank. Um, but he's that guy from Shawshank for you. Not that guy from aliens. That's right. But that's cause like Shawshank is one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah. Well, I love Shawshank, but I had already been familiar with aliens when I saw it. So right. I saw, so to me, Bog is, Oh, Hey, that's Drake from aliens. Right. Um, I'm like, ooh, he's he's bad. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, he's probably how to get that scar. Probably, <laughs> no I means no, Drake. People, he he's probably best known as Boggs the Rapist in Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> a tough role on that one, Mark. It is. It's a tough role. He he plays bad guys a lot. Like Drake, actually, I think is one of the few roles I've seen him where he is heroic in some sense, where he's actually one of the good guys. Um, he was also in Lethal Weapon 2 as one of the South African thugs at kind of the start of the movie. Uh, he's in the Diplomatic community. But you're blick. But you're blick. Who have you got, Dan? Um, actually, I had um, Lance Hen- Henderson, who, play- who plays Bishop. Um, Does Lance Henderson just... count as a that guy, or is he Lance Henderson? No, I mean, so... In in context of when I saw this originally, and then going th- through, it's like it, you know, obviously you know now I know who, who he is. Mm. But at, at at the time that I originally saw this movie, and then you know I just threw out other things. It was just like, oh, it's that guy from Aliens. Oh, he's in this too. Oh, he's so 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 for me that was that, that was the thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously he's you know done decently well for himself you know doing things over the over the years but yeah to some extent, time, but yeah the fact that you just said he's done other things over the years you didn't come to another project immediately so i guess he is kind of a that guy because there's not like an iconic lance henriksen project other than maybe millennium if you really want to get a deep cut for 90s kids in here did you know his name well, though like prior to to looking it up like for this um so if you would yeah. yeah yeah did you but did you know Mark Rolston's name? No. Well, it depends on how long ago you're talking about before you did the research for this film, because I've had I've also had a bromance with this film for quite a long time. Right, okay. Much like Drake and Vasquez. <laughs> Weirdly sexual. 
Say so, okay, so Lance Hendrickson. Um, I'm gonna throw Jeanette Goldstein in there also as a as a that gal. I don't um, think I've, I couldn't say any other film that she's ever been. I in. guarantee that you will know her from a couple. Of, so she is. She's also in Lethal Weapon too. She's one of the cops in Murtaugh and Riggs squad. She gets blown up on the diving board. So I don't oh, know yep. if anybody remembers that from Lethal Weapon too. Yep. She's also John Connor's foster mother in Terminator Two. Oh really? Yeah. But she stabs Xander Berkeley through the through the mouth. Yeah. yeah, that's her. So that's what I mean. She's usually much more fair skinned than yeah. she appears in Aliens. They definitely bronze struck. Wow, that that okay. seems like blackface. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, she is part Brazilian, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a little bit of a pass. Yeah, but I'm part Maori, and I probably wouldn't put that much like bronzer <laughs> on my face. But they're not, but they're not uh, exactly casting you in the live version of Moana. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be more likely to get you'd be more likely to be captain cook in that film (laughs) Mm. Uh, (laughs) i can't pass it as a seaman um (laughs) (laughs) far too portly to be being at sea (laughs) and suffer from scurvy um Um, michael bean (laughs) is he that guy i'm not sure that michael bean is a household name he's yeah. probably he's probably way better known as kyle reese yeah. in terminator that's probably his more iconic role he never really broke through as a leading action guy even though terminator and aliens are both mega hit action movies but if you watch him in those films it's not like he's a great actor like he he's very very like even keel yeah that's what i'm looking for like you know how no, man, reese, do this jumpy Reese is like he's full on like meth head PTSD. Like I need to rewatch Terminator again. Clearly, yeah. I so I, I think he's good in that role. Well, Terminator Two was just so, like so much better than the first one that like I just yeah. I watched the first one like a handful of times, but the second like Terminator Two I watched you know three or four times more than that. So well, that's why it's in the top five action movies. I didn't put Terminator One in that yeah, category. That's right. Fuck that movie. Um, all right uh any anything else yeah i think those are our nominees i think the top two nominees there are definitely mark rolston and jeanette goldstein see you didn't even know that she was the mom from terminator 2 so nope i did not there you go um yeah mark rolston also he (laughs) so he also got to play a serial killer in two different sci-fi shows in the 90s both star trek tng and babylon 5 (laughs) um so poor mark rolston but at least he got to play a good guy who got his face melted off in this film i, guess. I mean like like good guy i would say that he was a guy in this film maybe 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 I mean, like he's, lawful yeah. neutral <laughs> he's been, he's playing for the human team yeah at least. yeah <laughs> go humans um yeah, yeah. Aliens are definitely the baddies so we have we have a little take that out of context <laughs> we have 11 and 12 and for me they kind of roll into each other but yeah we, yeah for sure uh, i mean we could tackle them one by one if you guys want because yeah yeah so 11 is apex mountain was this film the apex of anyone's career where they were at the peak of their powers so who do we have for our nominees here Bill honestly paxton. i i mean bill, like, bill paxton bill paxton did have a pretty long career though for sure but like with, if you look at his like like filmology is that what the right word filmology yeah um, sure. filmography. filmography filmography that's that's yeah. the one um 
this this is up there in terms of like like going on a run like at the top of his like most iconic performance most iconic yeah the question though is this their most iconic performance i would argue yes it is but is this his apex mountain in his career though right i still say yeah i I think i think there's a case to be made this is pretty early in his filmography yeah um he does have a pretty good long run other things i think you could say that are possible apex mountain for him twister at least he's the leading role in that that was a fairly popular action film (laughs) in the 90s and he did have he had a long run on big love i don't know how many people watched big love as the scene where he's a polygamist living in utah um but that was a popular show for a few years and he's the definitely the dramatic lead in that series so Mm. case to be made there yeah yeah i think there's at least a case okay so possibly bill paxton i i think you can also make make a make a case for um Michael Bean. Um, yeah, that's my primary nominee. Because, I mean, from, you know, yes, he, he had Terminator 1, he had this, he was in um, Devil's Advocate, if I if I re- remember correctly, I, I, I didn't actually IMDb that. Was um, Who was he? And, and um, he was the, the um, husband of the woman who, you know, bore the devil's kid if i remember right i only saw the movie once so it's it's kind of oh, in the background dina meyer's husband maybe um again i didn't imdb it i could right now but i'm not going to um because that would be way too fucking easy um he was he, he was also the 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 bad guy in in um the the abyss yeah so 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 i mean so he he had this run of like like eight to ten years where he was he was and 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 he was in um the rock as well yeah so that's on there so he's coming off terminator he's basically the second most important character in aliens after ripley i would say i mean maybe you could say newt but i think overall he's probably second most important because he's really like the leader like there's two above him but he's yeah but he's clearly yeah the leader of the unit he's charming in this film yeah he checks a lot of buttons he basically he gets this job because of Terminator after they had to recast Hicks. James Cameron's like, well, there's this guy I worked with in Terminator. He'd probably be good for this role. Mm-hmm. And plus, he's already done all the training and stuff. After this, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of big projects. Probably The Abyss is maybe his biggest one. He's been a solid working actor, like you said, Dan. I mean, he's in The Abyss. He's in The Rock, where he plays another Navy SEAL commander. But that's only for like 10 minutes of screen time before he gets killed off there. Uh, probably yeah, his a, other biggest role, I would say, is Johnny Ringo in Tombstone in '93. That's, that's I mean, kind of another big general. Oh, did you try to bring that up, yeah. Johnny Ringo? Yep. Okay. So I'm still bitter they chose to kill him off screen in Alien Three. So yeah, yeah, that's that a rough one. So, yeah, although although apparently he got he got paid more. He for got Alien paid. 3. He got paid more for Alien Three just for his image being used than he did for aliens <laughs> yeah because he was also pissed that he got killed off off screen i would yeah. be pissed too she, yeah <laughs> although maybe not that film wasn't that good <laughs> i haven't seen uh, it so the uh, so so i will defend the the director's cut of alien 3 somewhat um somewhat aliens it's certainly better a- than the theatrical version alien 3 theatrical release is a fucking clusterfuck of fuckiness. Like nothing <laughs> makes sense. The 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 director's cut makes some of the things that don't make sense make sense. And that's where I'm gonna leave, leave that because yeah, that that is an entire yeah. other rant that Batman v Superman. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's okay, and and we'll stop there. All right. Well, so anyone else, anyone else in that category? Are you guys happy? Yeah. So other people we could at least mention: Paul Reiser, definitely not. He no. still got mad about you. Yeah. That's his apex mountain for sure. Um, Jeanette Goldstein, I think good case to be made here. <laughs> I mean, she she just is Vasquez because you didn't even know she was in Terminator Two. <laughs> I think it's kind yeah, of a defining like, role. But you know, like, yeah. Okay. It's unfortunate she didn't get more parts. I thought she was good. Yeah. In those roles. I, um, I mean, again, she she won a Saturn Award for this film. Let's show some respect. Yeah, well deserved Sorry. too. That Sorry you didn't make one in your career. Jeanette Saturn Goldstein. Award. Yeah. Um, James Cameron, obviously not. Titanic is coming. No Avatar is coming. Yeah, yeah. Nowhere close to his apex. No. Uh, all right. So here's the controversy. Sigourney Weaver. Let me make the case here. Okay. Right. Alien make, establishes make her. Alien establishes her as a formidable presence in '79. Ghostbusters cool. is a smash hit in '84. Yeah. That yep. probably really puts her on the map, like big time. That's big. Yeah. She's an indisputable star. She's the badass actress heroine of this film in '86. In the next three years, so '87, '89, basically, she rattles off *Gorillas in the Mist*, *Working Girl*, and *Ghostbusters 2*, which isn't a good movie, but she was no, good in it's it. A terrible movie. <laughs> um, playing Diane Fossey in Girls in the Mist, that's a big role. So that might, you could say maybe it's her Apex Mountain, but Girls in the Mist was not nearly as kind of in the zeitgeist as Aliens and specifically the character of Ripley. Right. Um, she's a really great villain character in Working Girl. Or is she? Wait for the Working Girl rewatchables. Yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> whether, whether or not she's the villain of that film. Um, she got nominated for an Oscar for both of her roles in um, in Girls in the Mist and Working Girl, I'm pretty sure. But are either of those roles really as big as Ripley? Like, Ripley is kind of the character she's most associated with. Yeah. Um, in 92, she makes Alien 3. She shocks everybody. She's got the shaved head. But that movie, like I said, it's also a pale shadow of this movie. She's had a great career, so it's not like she lapses into obscurity, like poor Michael Bean. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I could, oh, I could argue she's at like her all time peak in this movie in terms of being an action heroine. It opens more Hollywood doors for her. She gets nominated for a fucking Oscar in a sci-fi action movie. Gorillas in the Mist is obviously a bigger film just from an acting chops kind of standpoint. It's a serious movie, but I don't know. I feel like there's a case to be made there. The aliens, the apex mountain. For I mean, like for me and like, I, I'm not a big film buff. Um, which is great for when we do, you know, a podcast like this. Um, <laughs> but like, but if I, but when I think of Sigourney, I think of Ripley. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, fair. And probably more so Ripley from Aliens than Ripley from Alien. Also fair, yeah. yeah. Mm. And she's good in this film too. Like there is a lot of subtlety to her acting um, like in the initial scene when they're going through operations and med lab and stuff like that, she gets jumpy when somebody knocks over a plate and stuff like that. Like she's obviously tense and she's scared because she doesn't want to be in the situation again. Yeah. But then when she sees how utterly fucking incompetent Gorman is and she's just like, well, fuck, I guess I'm just going to have to backpack the rest of this squad. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to just drive the fucking car now. <laughs> uh, well, that did really kind of bug me actually just not wanting to backtrack. Um, because we don't do that here. Um, but <laughs> I'll remember to backtrack, kids. <laughs> um, but like her her motivations for actually going out there, um, you know, 
kind of bug me a little bit. Um, I suppose, like, there's the closure side of things, but, like, I don't know. That's, that's, that seemed like a weak excuse for her to actually go back. Um, you gotta slay that dragon, man. <sighs> I don't know. Get rid of those bad dreams. I don't know, because I don't think that would actually cure those bad dreams. Um, I think that PTSD is going to stay there, regardless of if you go back. In fact, it's probably going to make it worse. <laughs> um, but I digress. Um, you make do. a good point. You make a good point for her being her apex. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like the you know as you as you lay lay your case out as you are want to do. Um, I, I feel like that, that is a, a really, it is a compelling case. Um, and if you, and if, and, and, and if it's a, a toss up between, you know, Sigourney Weaver or Michael Bede, then, I mean, you kind of have to go with Sigourney Weaver as, as Apex at that point. Cause at this point, like she, yeah, she's, you know, super, super up here and Michael Bede's like, you know, yeah, he's, he's, he's apexing for him yeah. but but again it's relative to their career so yeah. there can be more than one person who gets apex mountain like i mean i was watching the rewatchables for the sand lot the other day and that's clearly apex mountain for all of those kids i was watching so. it this morning <laughs> that was a good one oh, I love go that check movie that out so much oh. um all right yeah. all right last one yeah who won yeah. the movie okay so who won the movie i mean first off laser force obviously I mean, we have to, <laughs> yeah good answer that's the correct yeah. answer we have to just go with, go with that to start with. Who won this movie? Laser Force, <laughs> and by extension, all of us. Because, I mean, how, let's let's actually think about this for, for for a minute. How much different is our Laser Force experience if this movie never gets made? I just I just want to, I just want that to marinate for for a minute with with everybody. I mean. Now, obviously, we wouldn't know any different because yeah. it would be. I wouldn't have PTSD every time I hear the startup. All right, we've got seven canisters of CM. Fuck, <laughs> I'm not again. God damn it. Yes, but but I mean, but that's that's literally you know one one of those things that you know it, it the the impact to all all of our lives is so disproportionate. It's it's a little ridiculous. So anyway, so who won? The, so Laser Force. Obviously, won. And who else won? Jonesy the cat. <laughs> Why did Jonesy win? Because that's what we're going to stay back on Earth and have, have a great life and just not worry about any of this bullshit ever again. I could just so, imagine, like, Cat Burke being like, hey, Jonesy, you got to go back to help the guys out on the things. Jonesy has dreams about chest bursts are coming out and, like, <laughs> Yeah, it would never happen. Cats are far too chill. <laughs> so well, there you but, go, Steve. So Jonesy had the alternate timeline you wanted for Ripley. That's yeah, right. Don't go back. Don't go back. You're, you're like, safe now. You're cool. I'll never go back there. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll go back there. Yeah. I mean, a part of it is also she's working like that dead end job and stuff like that. Her daughter's dead. She doesn't have anything going for her. She's like, well, fuck. I got to do something. Maybe if I go back and kill these fuckers. But, no, but it was, for me. yeah, yeah. Cat but Steve, know. I know. I don't know. <laughs> Jones is the cat. All right. So, yeah, okay, on. joke answers out of the way. It's clearly Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, she crushes it here. Yeah. I had, I've written Bill Paxton originally, but, uh, also that. yeah, but like, yeah. yeah, Sigourney, like, she is the ultimate, like, Ripley is the ultimate 
badass female character, I think. Um, yeah, if you just talk about like feminist action hero, is there anybody who's going to come before Ripley? I don't think so. Mm, that's... I, I mean, like, I guess, like, I don't know. Who do you have for the modern generation? Like, Captain Marvel? It's the closest yeah. thing you have? Get the fuck out of here. Black Widow. Um, who's pretty badass. But yeah, but she's not Ripley. She's not Ripley. Yeah. Um, mm. yeah. Yeah, we're all we're just like, yeah, no, I think I I I I think you're right. Oh, I think we, I think... Yeah, good call, Russ. He said maybe Linda Hamilton. Yeah. Okay. James Cameron, man. He likes those uh those buff ladies. Well that's the thing though. They're like she wasn't like they're not like buff buff, they just No no like know, but, but I mean like, like badass, athletic, yeah. action oriented. Yeah. But they have I mean, like really, gravitas as well. Yeah, like I mean, really, Vasquez is much more the stand-in for Linda Hamilton. Like, I mean, Sarah Connor in Terminator Two is much closer to Vasquez on like the scale of things of just being an all-around weapons expert badass mm. who doesn't take shit from anybody. But she, she, yeah, yeah she like, yeah, never mind. She, she was there. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, yeah, Sarah Connor Ripley. So thank you for those additions to the pop culture, James Cameron, because those are definitely important roles. And, yes. Yeah, and sure. again, stuff gets thrown around too much today. Like it pisses me off when people are talking about pop culture. But oh well, everything in pop culture has to be like, why is there all this forced diversity and why is there like all this forced wokeness and stuff? I'm like, your conception of pop culture and the canon and how much representation actually has been historically is obviously incredibly narrow because mm. there were it's a lot always of been there. really badass characters like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that movie, re, like watching it, la, watching it last night, you, you know, it gives you so much of, of that because, you know, there's, there's feminism, there's, um, uh, like sexual fu fluidity in some of those characters. Um, and there's like, yeah, non-gender, uh, challenging gender, gender normality. Right, because Ripley is a badass because she's a badass. Yeah. Not much of it is actually really all that dependent on her being a woman other than her sort of motherly instincts toward Newt. But she's yeah. just a badass character who happens to be a woman. Yeah. It's not all built around her sexuality or her gender identity. Yeah. And that that's what makes her awesome. Mm. Partially what makes her awesome. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So Sigourney Weaver, another case we made for James Cameron. I mean, he definitely solidifies his action credentials with a strong follow-up to Terminator. Um, but the Alien franchise is really synonymous with Sigourney Weaver, not James Cameron, because yeah. he only directed this one film out of the, the whole canon. Yeah. But her mother so, is no. key. Yeah. Not detracting anything away from that, Russ. You're right, but it's it doesn't. No. It's not what like specifically only defines her as that she like she has a mix of like like a bunch of traits which makes her a badass mm -hmm. but it doesn't it doesn't rely on for instance what a lot of people consider to be the lazy development of the strong female character in modern pop culture which is she's a sexual assault survivor that's just the kind of lazy pop culture trope about oh how do you have a strong female character well she's getting over sexual assault trauma mm -hmm. like that's not really the case with ripley i mean there's a case I, to be made that alien is kind of a metaphor for a sort of 
like a body violation in a different way and it is kind of proposing it to a, a much more male audience but that's a little too cerebral for what yeah, we want to get yeah, into here real heavy yeah <laughs> yeah, I was, I was say, there, there, there is definitely that element but yeah i think i i think you're right i, I think that may be more more brain power than any of us can expend at the moment um but it, but only it is definitely other case i could make is for the xenomorphs really coming in strong as stock sci-fi creatures they, here but they were like they were based on um geiger's drawings is that right yeah and like giant penis head aliens they're, mm-hmm. they're drawn like way cooler than they were depicted in these films um because it's hard it's hard to um practically put those creatures into this film uh, especially like you know alien i keep going back to it but like it really was just a do- like a person in a giant like rubber suit just doing yes. doing one of these and mm-hmm. um but it's st- why you have to just show them a very quick cuts and dim the lighting st- the and still you just have the right of yeah of like very specific things rather than like movement or tracking shots because then they just mm-hmm. look ridiculous you're like that thing how is that thing it shouldn't <laughs> it shouldn't be walking like that it's weird um but yeah and besides they lose ripley kills them so they don't win the movie yeah suck she, it. she wins the movie suck it <laughs> um say so we should take off and nuke the side for a moment um <laughs> I say Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton like uh wins from a um pop culture reference standpoint. Cuz uh, right, because 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 the game over man game game over line is it everybody yeah, knows it. We, yeah, we are we we are not the sole people that that that, that got to benefit from that. That that's definitely a lot of that's definitely something that is in the um, zeitgeist as a thing. It is. It is a thing that yeah. you say that line with that intonation. Game you know, over. Yeah, you know, it has become like a true simulacrum in the sense that there are lots of people who reference that and don't even know what it's from. Mm. They just know that that's a line. Game over, man. Game over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hang on. Even originally thought the game over came from the Scooby Doo movie. Are you fucking stupid? <laughs> All right, well, we're going to have to leave it there for a minute. Oh, what a high He's shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> it's just bringing up my trauma now of why the Scooby-Doo ride has always closed in movie world. It was oh, ruined for me. It was. That, that, that ride is the business. The best ride. It's amazing. Um, well, that that's uh, hashtag Ben Heathen. Um, <laughs> uh, should be fair. He'd never seen aliens before. Yeah, uh, fear the right shit. Now. Well, hopefully, now you can watch it with a new appreciation for the legacy of this film. That's absolutely correct. Um, did you guys have any final thoughts? Um, I don't know. I feel I, I feel like we have vo- been vomiting our thoughts all over our audience for the last almost two and a half hours. So um, you all I loved don't, it. Don't lie. They, everybody in our audience apparently is into Roman showers right now. So you know that's that's cool. Um, Why me? <laughs> I love when I throw out references and Steve was just like, "What are you? What are you fucking?" Talking I don't know about? what that is, but I hate it. Um, <laughs> I would I would not advise looking it up on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> I uh 
Uh, <laughs> I had some flashbacks to earlier in the week. There's a show in the UK called The Singapore Grip. Um, <laughs> uh, that, that right off the jump doesn't sound good. Yeah, yeah, it's worse than you think. Go, uh, go, Urban Dictionary. That one. Um, nah, and also watch the show. And <laughs> you don't. Know, nah. Um, on that high note, um, so we, oh, I thoroughly enjoyed this, um, and I enjoyed as a byproduct the movie night that came with it. So we talked about again. We talked about maybe doing some more movie nights maybe we'll do it at a time that that benefits um both the us uh hopefully the uk and uh australian viewers um that sounds like a probably unanswerable question right there (laughs) (laughs) how to get at times and that works for all those people it'd be like a movie breakfast probably (laughs) (laughs) well for For, for one time zone at least yeah yeah yeah. but i mean that's doable we could get up make waffles watch movies that that sounds like a good way to kick off a sunday yeah uh, not pro- blue waffles though not blue waffles uh urban <laughs> dictionary that um please don't. <laughs> um yeah it's a good idea dk like we we should maybe look to do it again with um good times uh when we are devoid of any other content we could look to do it for yep. like highlander or, or something yeah else. Well, in the yeah, in the Laser Force canon, we still have Highlander. We could do as well, since yeah. that also has a big role. In I Laser love Force that movie. I love Highlander. There's going to so be a much. lot of probably unanswerable questions, I think, for that episode. Though. Oh yeah, but like, I, oh that oh the mm, yeah the, that movie that movie is definitely in, in the list of so fucking terrible. It's amazing. I love that movie um, a lot. Not the first one. I never saw. I I saw the first like. 20 minutes of the sequel was just like hard pass <laughs> don't yeah no um yeah so i'd definitely be down for that i'd be down for starship troopers as we discussed as well uh we can't do and, next hey. week because <laughs> next week we'll be doing D D on a sunday and i think doing a sunday sunday morning probably a good way to do it uh why does the spaniard have a scottish accent that's a great question <laughs> <laughs> um it's the same reason why the spaniard and and uh because he's in scotland when in rome <laughs> and glad the spaniard and gladiator has an australian slash new zealand accent so um uh we're not playing dd tomorrow we're on a break tomorrow uh we'll be back next week um oh that's your answer for tomorrow i think that's a little too soon to do another movie watch i mean if anyone wants to host one in the discord Discord's there as an open playground, man. Maybe I'll start up a, um, a another room where it's just a movie room and people can kind of... People are just crying out for content. Just don't watch porn in there, please. It just makes everything real <laughs> uncomfortable for everyone. <laughs> um, you guys can you guys can watch us... Um, watch me play some boxing in there because I, I was playing boxing last night and that was a bit of fun. Um uh more housekeeping no i don't know if anyone's heard but new zealand has gone back into lockdown for the next couple of weeks um because of that dang covid so uh we don't have laser force for another couple of weeks maybe i'll look to find something to do on tuesday instead of laser force live um i might just stream myself playing video games you guys can come hang out with me and and tell me how terrible i'm doing um thunderdome back on thursday haven't decided what we're playing yet but we'll figure that out uh and then next week uh we're back with the resupply and then D again which i can't wait for man holy shit last 
D- if you haven't watched it, last D&D session was epic. It was so epic. Um, it's good it's, times. It's got me, like, really jazzed some, for, for some more dungeon crawling. So um, Yeah. Were you you're that enthused about goblin genocide and oh. war crimes that you guys inflicted? <laughs> it was, well, so they were saying that, like, we were supposed to run away, kind of, right? Um, that That was kind of... It was an it was an option. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the option we took. No. Uh, whose birthday is it next week, Al? Is it yours? Did you have a well, nothing time? better to do on that weekend than play some D and D? Then oh hell yes! I'm so glad we can do that for your birthday. We might have to. Yeah. We have to do a little something. something. Um, I'm gonna make cake for you and then eat it here <laughs> myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a friend yeah what a friend steve you're you're awesome <laughs> all right um that'll do us for this week uh i've been guy next door i've been dk and i've been Than. always remember to backtrack kids we will see you next time game Thanks. over man game over <laughs> nice